welcome to the Hunter's Hub. This is your host, Fortwan, and joined by both co-hosts tonight. Very glad for that. Morg and Pan. <laughs> How you guys doing? Oh, doing... I mixed it up. Doing all right. Doing pretty well. <laughs> it's okay. It's pretty good. How about yourself, Pan? I'm doing good now that my sound issues are fixed. <laughs> yeah, that that is... I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, that would have been horrible. <laughs> So, listeners, for some reason, my microphone, which is the same microphone I've been using for months now, was picking up the sound of Fortuan and Morg talking through my headset. I don't know why. But it stopped doing it, so we're good. Yeah, no, that's always a it's always a nightmare. My uh, (laughs) my brother, when he's on the Tuesday show and sometimes when we do the magic one, he was like, I've never had to plug in a headset when I'm talking to you guys. I'm like. No, you've always had to. I just edit out everyone's voice. It's super quiet in the pack. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh <laughs> Josie, for to. fuck's sake, get a headset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he needs to get one. some earbuds. He he has one. He, he was just being stubborn. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah. So, we're all back Hi, together, Kiki. and we're going to talk about some off topics because... Once again, you know, it's getting towards the holidays and things are um, not as exciting. Although next week is Xbox uh, Series X and PS5 launch. Uh, I don't think anyone's getting one because it's such a low. uh, Well, also budget for some people. And then also Mm -hmm. you can't get a hold of them. Like, I think in total, the game store that I was going to get one from is getting one. So Jesus, I am, I am wow. not the one because I am not camping out for two days for it. It is not happening. Jesus. Yeah, um, I think we could afford to wait. And besides that, they're usually <laughs> going to put out like a new version of it, like not like a year later where they're going to have like upgraded specs. Like, I don't know. But but you got to be hip with the times, Morg. Got it. Yeah. Got to get the latest and greatest at all times. Yep, got to get that that early PS4 only to realize that the PS4 Pro is going to come out and the PS4 Mini and oh man. Like they're always going to I mean, I did have a regular PS4 the whole time. And I So do I. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I I really wish that I had waited. But, you know, that that's what happens, you know? You you never learn, you never learn. We it's it's one of those things, man. Yeah, well, I did intend on getting one, but uh, availability has caused me not to get one. And there, there was actually—I was thinking there was only going to be two games I was going to get. It's actually three. Uh, I was mm-hmm. going to get the new Odd World, uh, the Soulstorm, and yeah. the Demon Souls remake. And um, Skyrim. Have been... no, what? No, Skyrim, Skyrim for PS Five. <laughs> I it's mean, be a whole new experience. Do that. Oh, they definitely oh, will. I mean, that's but that's nine how, years later. Holy cow! It's a nine-year-old game. As of what is today's date? Four days from now, it's nine years old. Yep. <laughs> They'll definitely put it out. It's like a ninth anniversary kind of deal where it's like now you can play Skyrim. No, on no, the no. Five and the Xbox. They have to wait eleven years to do the eleventh anniversary. Yeah, we gotta have the eleventh. Uh, because one, yeah. it was eleven, eleven, eleven. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah. I suppose they could wait another year. Why? That, they, I mean, another four, but yeah. Um, 
So yeah, uh, I, the other one I was wanted to get is actually the new Call of Duty. I've been wanting to play a shooter, which is kind of why I played Fortnite last night with some friends. Even though it's mm. not the kind of shooter I like. Uh, so yeah, anyways, we're not going to be talking about that as much as we're going to talk about um, some comfort games, as in games you normally go back to, or and sort of play to relax and that kind of thing. I, I know some people go back and like... Oh, I play Mario for a comfort game or that kind of thing. So talk a little bit about our comfort games. We're also going to talk about movies because I saw a movie and I really wanted to talk about it. And we all were kind of on board about talking about movies. <laughs> Yay! Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've done this before. We've talked about movies before. Morg, were you there for that? Um, I the... believe so. I believe we did talk about... Um... Uh, the Joker movie once. Oh, oh yeah, I remember that. Oh man, Joker movie. So yeah, the one I saw halfway through, and the just the film just died, just died. Then you go all back the, and watch all it again. the tension in part one. <laughs> just yeah. ends right there. Yeah, I do remember that. Yes. Oh yeah, the the movie I've seen one and a half times. Yeah, in theaters. Anyways. And it's, like, right in the middle where it died, too. Like, right in the middle. Oh. Um, anyways, yeah, so we're going we're gonna to talk about that stuff. Um, there was a one piece of news. There's not much to say on it other than mm-hmm. it's crazy. The fact that Capcom got hit with ransomware. And yeah. um, employee information is being doled out. <laughs> or under ransom for it for was it their visas not visas what passports it was for and, cryptocurrency i thought it was i don't know uh what I, everything i saw said ransomware so yeah um so employee information um financial information on the company and then also um financial records i should say and um, uh, NDA stuff, so like unannounced games and whatnot, um, is ha- being held under ransom, I guess. Uh, hopefully that works out. Yeah, yeah, let's hope that Capcom can pull through with this, because, um, yeah, they were starting to make a good turnaround, and, uh, yeah, I would hate for them to... Um, yeah. Now, to be fair, I haven't looked too much into this. It was just like seven or eight things on Twitter I saw the other day. Mm -hmm. So, I could be wrong. It could be made up. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I saw a couple of news articles about it, and I'm hoping that it's not real. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, Either way, Not the greatest news in the world. Not the greatest news in the world. Mm Mm-mm. But hey. Maybe we should calm down with some comfort games. Morik! <laughs> comfort games? Oh my god. Yes. Well, you know what? I might as well get the first one out of the way. Iceboard. For some strange reason, I keep coming back to it because <laughs> uh, I like fashion sets. And so lately I've been just gathering a whole bunch of, um, of points. And this is funny because rather than going through the guiding lands and collecting points through all the bones, I'll just go into an investigation that has a huge upsurge of barrel deposits, and then I'll go in there with a gathering set, and I'll just run laps all the way around, like, the zones. I think Mm -hmm. I can get around to, like, seven laps 
where I'm just collecting barrel deposits in, in like this perfect circle. And it starts, I think, from like the eighth camp, and then it'll go down and jump off the cliff, and then there'll be a couple deposits, and you go down into like the main area where there are the two pillars that drop down on monsters. If you go over to the side where there's like that little drop where it can lead into the volcanic areas, if there's a big upsurge of barrel, there will be guaranteed 100% a, a rare deposit drop um, down at the bottom, and an arrowhead mm -hmm. gecko will always lead you to it. You get 400 points from the, from the arrowhead gecko, and then you get an additional... 210 points from these Noah stones that you can gather, which are like the ultimate rare deposit or whatever. So that's 1,030 points right there, and they show up every other cycle. So what I mean by that is if you do a, a full lap around, you have to wait, um, I think, uh, the next one after the one that you're on. So it'll show up on the first one, and then the third one, and then the fifth one, so on and so forth. So every time that I'm going around here, I'm like going around and you know, throwing poop on the Rajang to make sure that he doesn't, you know, break me. And then by the end of it, I get like 30,000 points by the end of the hunt. And that's literally what I've been doing. Just casual stuff, collecting tempered now, parts from Guiding Lands, making fashion In the builds. Elder's Recess or the Guiding Lands? Um, it's in the Elder's Recess, actually. I've actually okay. been trying to avoid the Guiding Lands as often as I could. And really, all I've well, been there is, doing. There are investigations in the Guiding Lands, so I wanted to. Yeah, I wanted um, to. Yeah, I, I, I always try and make sure to avoid going into the Guiding Lands as often as I can. The only time when I've actually gone into the Guiding Lands was when I realized, oh crap, because I base don't. PS4. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Goddamn loading screens. That is the ultimate challenge. Having to deal uh, with that. That's the only challenge with that game. Otherwise, the game is super easy. And, like, the only the only times where I'm ever going to have to go back to the guidelines is when I realize, oh, crap, I don't have these these tempered materials from this specific monster because I didn't hunt it. So I had to go back, and I'd have to, like, hunt a, uh, a tempered brute tigrex, and then I'd unlock the armor, and I'd be like, woohoo, now I can put that into my fashion builds, you know, and mix things up a little bit. Um, okay. Actually, if anybody's seen... Um, any of my uh, tweets and stuff like that. Mostly it's been a lot of fashion build stuff or like just me fooling around with charge blade using guard points and just flexing on monsters or um, recently, it's really funny, I never realized how powerful the light bowgun mines are, but when you drop them, like if you could put three in a single spot, I've I've dunked um, Zenogre twice in the span of like 40 seconds just from using the mines. Just like, you know, just leading the dog around the park or whatever, and then he'll, like, just jump and, like, land on top of the mines and then blow himself up, and oh my god, it's so funny to watch. Um, but yeah, it's mostly been just um, me just goofing around in that game, figuring out how uh, uh, charge blade guard points work, and I actually, <laughs> I didn't realize that um, I could get away with this, but um, when you're using the charge blade and you want to uh, make it so that you're... Um, your axe mode, uh, rather than it just being, you know, just a simple chopping weapon, if you want it to go into the buzz, uh, buzzsaw blade mode, um, there is a point in that animation just before transforming it into the the axe mode where it goes buzzsaw mode, where your shield is directly in front point, of you, yeah. and that's yeah. a guard point. 
And I actually guard pointed Zenogre as he was doing like the big I want a belly roll drop, whatever, where he lands on his back. And I guard pointed that and I was like, oh, 100% intended. And <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. Oh, man. You, you got to be careful with that guard point in particular, though, because if you were expecting to have not been hit and you guard point that, you'll just yeah. stand there like an idiot. You're like, uh, what, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I man. didn't get hit, but I also didn't do the thing I thought I was going to do, so where yeah. are we? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or, like, and then there's, like, two animations uh, where your shield is directly in front of you. One of them is where when you go from axe mode immediately into sword mode, where you just do that flex where you're like, wah, and then, like, you have the shield in front of you. That, along with, um, I think it's the same animation, where when you um, take your files and then you you load them up into your shield to go into a red shield mode. Um, there's a point where you go, ah, and then you've got like your shield directly in front of you. Those two are guard points as well. And I was using those to block roars and stuff like that. And, and oh man, it feels so good actually understanding how those guard points work at, with charge blade. Cause yeah, they, oh. they don't have as much as a physical representation as they did in previous games. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. uh, which makes it a lot harder in my opinion, but mm -hmm. Yeah, once I got back into the swing of things. That's why I'm using Charge Blade again. You know, it's... well, was, was. Yeah. I am done with Iceborne. It is done, dead, I'm gone. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> there, yeah, is, no. there is no chance for me to come back right now. Yeah, I mean, like, there's really only, like, a few Charge Blade sets that I actually even use. And one of them is with the Fatalist Charge Blade because it's stupidly strong. Um, and then there, with the High if Elder you Seal. mitigate all that negative affinity, yeah. Yeah, which is actually really easy. And then um, I mean, there's two other ones. Yeah. One of them is the Kulturoth Sleep Weapon, uh, Sleep Charge Blade, because getting all those extra ticks in and then, like, you know, putting the monster to sleep and then doing, like, the big slam where you unleash all your files onto it, very satisfying. And then there's a Paralysis one. Um, that one is probably my all-time favorite one because I have it and have my character designed kind of like a, like a steampunk, I don't know what you'd describe it as, but it's also, it's got like some parts of like Kulv Turoth, like the Master Rank one where it's all goldy and like bronze and brass and it's got like, um, like the, the, the leather look to it. And then I put like that, um, I can't remember what the name of the scarf is, the one that's all raggedy and it blows in the wind. It's that really cool one i got that on it and oh it's very satisfying that with i think the i think i layered the sword uh to look like the uh devil may cry sword and mm, it's quite nice i like it very fashionable okay um i should have known that would be your answer more i mean mm -hmm. honestly yeah, Anytime honestly, you yeah. get a chance, Iceborne comes right up. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, 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 just, I just really, I like it right now. And, oh, and by the way, That's they fine. also... Yeah, and also they, they've... This is like a, a day late and a dollar short, but now they're making it so that all the event quests are finally permanent and, and the festivals are cycling every mm -hmm. two weeks. Kind of like how it is with Kulturoth and Safi Jiva. Um... I kind of wish that they yep. did it sooner, but I mean, like, the obvious reason why they did that is because the game is, you know, coming to a close, but, um... It's in maintenance mode at this point, is what, what a lot of times is said. It's in maintenance mode. They're, they're mm -hmm. just keeping it alive until the next thing. Yeah. Or even after the next thing. Yeah, Because there are people who aren't going to jump into Rise. You're crazy if you don't. 
Yeah, and honestly. Because you're crazy if you don't have a Switch, but... <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, I think it would be a good idea to get Rise. I mean, that's going to be my new comfort game once I get around to playing that as well. Um, and it's just so... I, and I get where you're coming from. It's just you always go back to that and stuff. But I don't consider, for me, Monster Hunter is not a comfort game. It's my number one series still, for sure. Mm-hmm. But I, And I, I will always go back to it and play it, but I like... I, that is me, like... To me, that is like active playing versus like... For me, comfort playing is like, I can just watch a movie while I play this, or not have to pay attention. But Monster Hunter, you know, I am paying attention. Most of the time, I am not doing something else while I'm playing Monster Hunter. Um, Yeah, I I definitely, it definitely is a comfort game when I start doing, like, barrel farming, or when I do menial tasks in Guiding Lands and stuff like that, but... Um, yeah. Well, yeah, I avoid time, that as yeah. much as possible in Monster Hunter, aside from completing quests. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I don't do a lot of farming unless it's crown hunting, and even then, crown hunting, I still fight the monster nearly every time. Towards the mm-hmm. end, I started skipping uh, silver and gold, Losanian. Oh. I started like, that doesn't look good enough, alright, I'll bail. But every other time, I'll, I'll fight the monster to the end, whether I think it's a good shot or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's why you get nearly 200 Bond Burrows. Yeah. <laughs> well, Bullwinkle had it, you know, coming, because, you know, he, he sucks. Why he's in the volcanic region, I don't know. He's got so much hair on his body. Like, you'd think that he would just sweat it out and just, like, die of dehydration. No, he just happens to be there, and he'll roll his little rocks around, and then have everything blow up in your face, and you're like, I'm in the he's middle a of a tiger He doesn't hunt. sweat. Oh, yeah, reptiles. Maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> is Bombro a reptile? Does it lay yeah, eggs? Yeah, he's a wyvern. He's a brute wyvern. Yeah. Stupid hairy lizard. Makes no sense. Stop it, <laughs> Stop it. I mean, that's like Stop one it. of the big adaptations no. for humans being so good Stop at it. running down prey was the fact that we sweat. Like, yeah. Sweating yeah, is are... not a... It's not common. Yeah. Sweat, sweating's a high tier ability if you look at tier zoo gosh i love that channel i love his channel too it's actually really <clears throat> it's such high co- it's high-end stuff man it's gold it's beautiful yeah. stuff. game gamifying biology <sighs> love it <clears throat> all right so pan what's a comfort game for you for the longest time harvest moon 64 was uh was that game for me mm. um yeah so, story, so i would story of seasons well, so actually, Harvest Moon sixty four stopped being my my sort of go to uh, comfort game when I uh, when I mm-hmm. did literally everything in it. Basically, there's a uh, because oh, it, it came yeah. out in the N sixty four, so there were these like pictures that you would get when you hit like certain life milestone achievements, and so and they would go okay. in your photo album in in the game, and you could go look at them. And uh, there's so it's one picture like your achievement list. Yeah, right. yeah. So there's like if you go out on like a date with like a special date with one of the bachelorettes, you the photographer shows up and takes your picture. If you win uh, the swimming contest, you get your picture taken with the trophy. If you win the horse race, the dog race, when you get married, a couple other things like that. Um, wait, 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 dog and, racing is a thing. Yeah, yeah. There's a dog race. The more your dog loves you, the better <laughs> nice. it runs. What? Okay, now that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, uh, 
the there's there's one picture. It's the very last picture in the photo album, and you have for like eleven years after the game came out. So this game came out in like nineteen ninety nine, and they didn't crack it till like two thousand nine or two thousand ten. Exactly what the requirements were. Uh, yeah. But like mm-hmm. there were rumors on the internet for years until somebody basically just data mined the game and tried every variable until they figured it out. But you have to, there's like a whole bunch of different things you have to do to get the final picture before your dad shows up to inspect your farm. Because he shows up after, it's like the first day of summer in the third year of being the farmer. Your dad shows up to inspect your farm and see how you've been doing if you've made a good life for yourself. And if on so the day your dad... basically the grandpa's candles and... Um, yes, yes, that is started. exactly what yeah. it is. That's exactly what it is. So he shows okay. up to inspect the farm and he talks to everybody in town and there's this whole cutscene. And, uh, if you met all the requirements, then like the entire town shows up and throws this barbecue in your backyard for the day your dad uh, shows up to inspect the house. And then the photographer comes and takes a picture. It's called the party picture. So Hmm. I made it my goal and you can keep playing after this point, but you can't get there. That is the only point where you can get the party picture. So I made it my goal, uh, to get every photo in the album uh, before I got the party picture and then get the party picture, which is really tough because, like, one of the things, uh, like, because you have to, like, get each one of the bachelorettes to fall in love with you and go on a date with you to get their pictures, but at the same time you also have to get married and have a child before your dad shows up because your child has to be X number, like, days old before the dad shows up for the party picture. So um, I had to like woo every bachelorette with like it within the first year. I had to make sure I won the cow contest on the second. Like there were so many things I had to do. So I did everything and I did a perfect run is what I call it. Got every photo before dad showed up. And uh since then I'm like, well, Har- I I think I did everything in Harvest Moon 64. So, um, I don't really go back to Harvest Moon 64 anymore. Not, not since I did that, because it's just like, yep, I did everything. There's, like, no, like, more hard mode or speed run mode I can do other than this. But I do go back to various Harvest Moon and Stardew, Harvest Moon games or Stardew Valley. Usually, I don't know, it's like, like, in the springtime when, like, the weather starts turning nice, I'm like, you know what? Harvest Moon would be a fun game to play right now, and I always, like, I always feel like that, and I just play the crap out of a Harvest Moon game for, like, a week or two. That's pretty awesome. Nice. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Well, um, I'm only really going to have two entries tonight, and the first one's a genre. And it's going to be unsurprising, because I talk about them so much, which is, for me, ARPG, (laughs) so Diablo clones, if you will. Um... I am always at least playing one at some point, and if I'm not, I will default back to either Titan Quest or Diablo of some sort. And right now, I am actively playing two different ones at the same time. Um, With my brother, I've been replaying Diablo 2, and I've still been playing Torchlight 3. Um, And yeah, I've talked about the last couple weeks, so I don't need to go into that. But... You know, I mean, if you look at something like Titan Quest on my good old games account, like, I play, yeah, I'm up to 324 hours on that. Like, I just... That is a lot of time. It's not as much as the 1,300-something I had on Iceborne, but, Mm -hmm. you know, World and Iceborne, but... 
I mean, I always go back to this kind of thing, and for me, it's just like, because <laughs> it, it, it's the loot and that kind of stuff. There's always that sort of grind uh, that goes on, and I, you know, like I, I never, I, I don't know. I don't think there's a time where I'm not playing a game of this genre, um, and I, you know. I'm a big fan of a lot of games in this genre. Titan Quest, Diablo, like both of those series I follow very closely. Um, I'm not a b- as big of a fan as uh, uh, Grim Dawn, which I think is... Uh, I think if it's an entry point for you anywhere, Pan, Grim Dawn is the one because of the steampunk stuff. Um, actually, I think I have that one on steampunk. my wish list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've talked about it quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That's one I have technically never finished. I have never even beat the story in Grim Dawn. That's like the one I have never that I've owned that I've been like, hey, I, I haven't really. Um, all, you know, I've played some of the crappy ones that came out, like Wilson. I talked about that last week, where I just like straight up bugged. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, stuff like that. So yeah, that's that's a comfort game for me. Is just clicking enemies to death it's like cookie clicker with blood and, and loot yeah um do you have any more morgue or is that it oh Just yeah yeah Hunter. i definitely have a whole bunch um i actually started um a, a fresh new run of monster hunter 3 ultimate and i'm actually really enjoying it quite a lot um it's back to the old strategies, so, like another monster hunter <laughs> game okay yes i know <laughs> we're I'm gonna, sorry. We're like, gonna get Hunter's to the favorite movies comforting. thing uh, <laughs> we're we're going to get to favorite movies, and Morg is just going to go on about how he uh, strung together all the Monster Hunter cutscenes back to back. Oh, yes. my God. <laughs> no. I, oh, God. Don't even talk to me about that, because I actually did, like, a Monster Hunter anime music video one time in the past because I was such a weeb and such a huge fan of the series. Um, oh, God. Um, I mean, a lot of people have done them. VT, Vengeful Torture, uh, that's how I found him on YouTube, as he did one. It was oh. really good. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. But yeah, um, yeah, with 3U, um, I have yet to face Kurapeko yet. Um, I think I've only, like, started playing, I think it was, like, two days. And mm-hmm. yeah, like, I'm really enjoying it. Lance in the Water Man, is absolutely Man, you scrub, you're broken. not even to Kurapeko yet? That's hey, an early monster. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Get good, Morg. Hey, I captured Arzuros. I uh, dealt with Grey Jaggy. Like, he was really, really easy with a hammer. Oh, my God. Like, all the monsters are easy with hammer. Like, all I have to do is just, like, hold down the charge button and then just slam everybody in the face. And then once they're dizzy, I just do the triangle combo where I'm just like, bam, 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 and then golf swing. Bam, 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 golf swing. Um, but, yeah. The hammer like, was good. I was a hammer. I was a, I was a hammer bro solo in three ultimate. So, I, I, I remember it. Yeah, I'm probably going to be doing a lot of, like, the land fights are probably going to be Hammer. Um, maybe I'll switch over to Switch Axe when I need the reach for, um, like, Bracadillo's Tail, stuff like that, because I knew full, uh, like, full first hand when I was fighting uh, Bracadillo's that a lot of the weapons that I was running, they did not have the reach in order to be able to get that tail. Um, and all my water well, fights are going to be Lance. regardless of reach, Hammer will never get the tail. <laughs> Yeah, no, like, if I need tail cuts, then I'm probably going to run either Greatsword, Longsword, or Switch Axe. I'm not sure which of those three I'm yeah, going to be my, using. Yeah, my I need to farm tails was Longsword. Yeah, 
mostly because like you get those first two attacks um, before the poke, they def they go way over your head, so you definitely are able to reach the tail. Yeah. And then there's like that uppercut, I think, before continuing the combo again, where it's able to reach the tail. Yep. So yeah, yeah where you twist that. the blade and 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 rise it, yeah, mm -hmm. raise it. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, all the all the water fights are definitely going to be Lance, and I'm going to be bringing Mega Dash Juice because, you know, infinite Lance charge in the water, poking the monster, like, just literally charging the monster to death, turning it into a fish kebab, like, yeah, it's broken. It's absolute cheese. I love it. It's almost as bad as blast weapons, but yeah. We'll see where we can go with that. I probably might be able to beat a Latreon with a blast weapon. Maybe. Because it doesn't rely. Maybe. Yeah, the, the 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 old mechanics are a lot easier than the than the new ones. And I didn't realize this until NCH Productions pointed this out in his old versus new Alatrion video. That apparently there's a ledge that you can climb up onto, where Alatrion, if he notices you, he'll charge his horns directly at you, get his horns stuck in the ledge, and then you can wail on the head. I had no idea that you yeah. could do this. Yeah, that was uh, the accepted strategy at the time, Morg. Oh my god, I had no idea. Now, I will say, I was a little more dialed into the Monster Hunter, um, like, online uh, crowd at that point. Um, yeah. That is my, that was, 3 Ultimate was my first days in, in being a moderator on r slash Monster Hunter, so. I had no idea that there was even a Monster Hunter community until 3 Ultimate came out. And even then, I thought it was very, very small. Because I, I went to, like, a I very... I mean, it was, yes. Yeah, because I went to, like, a very small... Um, I think it was a Comic-Con. Not really a Comic-Con. It was more like an anime fest or whatever it was in Calgary. And the turnouts there are not really that big. Because everybody's a, a nose-picking, oil-guzzling, uh, you know, cowboy. That's really all I can say. Everybody there looks like they're from Texas. But, yeah. Anyways, aside from that, yeah, that was my first introductory into the idea that, hey, other people like playing this game too. Because when I was playing, uh, I think it was Freedom Unite, um, yeah, I thought I was the only one playing this game. I was like, damn, I'm not going to find anybody to be able to beat this with me. I'm going to have to solo it. Oh, shit. I, uh, I was introduced to the game series by two friends, uh, both of which bailed within that first game. So, I mean, yeah. there, I knew there was other people <laughs> that played it. Um well, yeah, I, it took me going online. I love how you and I just completely, like, glazed over that description of Texas by Morg. I mean, that's I know, I know! <laughs> I know! Sorry, but I mean, like, in Alberta, everybody's a fucking cowboy out here. Like, they're they're not very bright. No, no, Morg, it's, <laughs> the thing sorry. is, you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not it, wrong. It is... <laughs> now, I will say, in defense of Texas, it's a really large state, so there is a lot of diversity within Texas. Very and, true. Um, to to defend Texas, but yes, that is that is the stereotype of of the cowboy kind of thing. I mean, yeah. But you get that here in Ohio, right? I had yeah, I had guys who were spurs to class and then had to get told them to take off because they thought they were some bad a cowboy and brought chew into class and stuff. It was, Oh my God. I, I, I that happened here in Ohio. Like, <laughs> oh, um, well, I mean, I, I also, I also live in the country. It's just mm -hmm. some people like that. Um, 
And I think because they have like four sheep that they are they're a farmer or something. But you know, the the one defense that I have for Calgary is the amount of multiculturalism that there is here. Like there is, there are so many different people from so many different backgrounds. Like there there's a lot of people from like um, like uh, Arabic communities. Like for example, there's like people from Afghanistan, Pakistan, um, East India. Uh, Bangladesh, there's people from like China, Japan, Korea, um, a lot of the uh, um, like uh, African nations, like say like Nigeria or Ethiopia. Um, there's like a lot of people from all kinds of walks of life. And the best part about that is the diversity in cuisine. Oh my God. I, uh, oh, I yeah. never knew how much I had such a craving for shawarma in my life. <laughs> Since, like, Friday. Like, Friday, I was like, oh, my God. Like, we need to go someplace for lunch and whatever. I'm like, mm. my brother was like, why don't we go to CPU? And I'm like, no, fuck that place. We're not going to CPU. We're not getting pizza. I don't want pizza. I we... want something different. And so we go into the shawarma place, and they wrap this pita up, and they, they got, like, this donair meat, shave everything off. They got this tzatziki sauce and, like, the, the pickled beets and the tomatoes. And I'm like, yes, this is what I needed. I needed something in my life. I, I will say that up until, I want to say last year, people thought cultured food where I'm at was Chipotle. <laughs> <laughs> we we do now have a uh, traditional Indian restaurant. Um, oh my god. So, for some reason or another, there's like a massive Vietnamese population uh, in Nebraska. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't think it. But, like, like at the zoos, for example, like, stuff is written in English, Spanish, and Vietnamese. Okay, that's awesome. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And you can get some really good, uh, there's, like, four different, like, banh mi restaurants, like, right within a block of each other, and they're all awesome. Mmm. Yep. I do like me, you know, a quite a fair bit of pho. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know what yeah, it is yeah. about Vietnamese cuisine, but they eat a lot of soup. And they put they a lot do. of cilantro they in it, of... and it, but it's really good. <laughs> like, they do oh, eat a man. lot of soup. They're, yeah, the the one the one that I prefer to go to, they uh, they don't put the cilantro in for you. They let you put it in yourself, which is a godsend for me because I'm one of the people that can't mm-hmm. cilantro. Yeah. yeah, my dad is too. I can handle some but... cilantro, but not too much. Otherwise, it I don't know. It just like overpowers everything else, and then you're like, ah, oh, <laughs> this ruined my meal. But um, yeah, there's also like oh, yeah. Thailand food is pretty good too. Or like like oh man, like I could use me some pad thai right now. Like like a wok. We box we full did of lose our one Thai restaurant because of COVID. Which no, it was, our, it was our family's favorite restaurant. Oh, Bangkok Palace. That's too oh, bad. Man. It was a little small family-owned, you know, uh, Chinese slash Thai restaurant, and it it died. Oh, that man. that sucks. It's under those circumstances. There was actually this one local coffee shop that um, also functions as like a like a Whole Foods place where they also like where they sell like holistic medicines, uh, organic vegetables, and like the stuff like that. Or in yeah, ethical coffee. Like coffee shop. Yeah, like yep. oh man, mm, I always <clears throat> tip them twenty five percent. Like I made an order for like forty four dollars and I just jacked it up to like fifty five, and I was like yes. I'm doing this because I love what you guys are doing, and I want your business to like keep holding on despite this COVID shit. And yeah, they they were pretty pretty appreciative of that. I mean, you like what you like, Morg, but that is that is not me. Like I remember going into a fusion. You guys ever been to a fusion? The oh yeah, like like Korean Subway fusion? of sushi. Oh yeah, that's funky. 
There's a there's this like Asian taco place. I haven't been there, but the tacos look really tasty. Also, I'm really sorry for whatever that noise was. The two year old is moving furniture or something. <laughs> He's being proactive. That's great. I, I figured it was just a car because I get cars that zoom by no. here and show up on the audio sometimes. No, I think the kid is moving furniture or something upstairs. I don't know. That kid's probably going to well, get himself a Tonka truck in the future, and then he's going to be like, Daddy, I want to be a construction worker. And then you're going to be like, yeah, my boy's going to make real money. I'm so proud. <laughs> Pretty much. I'm like, great. The trees make money. Good job, boy. That's the way to be, kid. Um, uh, but, yeah, there's a there's this Asian taco place. Uh, I haven't actually had a chance to be go there yet because it's on the other side of town from where I live, but uh, the pictures look mm-hmm. really delicious. Well, what I was getting at is like um, I really don't like those those places that have like the oh it's like holistic green tea. I was like, can I just have a Coke? Like seriously, just like can I just have like a normal <laughs> drink? Because it's like uh, or n- even a normal water. Because like Fusion, all their drinks are like infused with a cucumber or a kai or something. Oh, and I'm like, oh. and I'm like, no, I don't. I, I like sushi, but I, I don't want that in my drink. And they're like, you don't want to drink? Are you sure? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I don't want to drink watered-down cucumber. I'm sorry. It just, that's gross to me. <laughs> Something tells me that you probably don't like aloe juice. No. Aloe oh, juice is delicious. I love it with all those little chunks of aloe vera in it. Mm, it's good for you, man. I mean... I have been over the past couple years forcing myself to learn how to just drink normal water. All right. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I very much so for a long time only drank pop. Like, oh my god! It is, yeah, your poor bones. I'm over. I'm worried about his teeth. So bad for you. Well, then again, I mean, my like, teeth are fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. But I mean, like, uh, the one pet peeve that I have towards tea is when I go to a Tim Hortons and they say that they have steeped tea. And I'm like, tea is steeped. How do you, how, how else are you going to get tea instant, if you instant don't Instant powder tea. tea. Instant powder tea? Oh my god. Yeah. Oh, sacrilege. It's not even a real tea that at a that thing. point. I mean, people Ugh. say No, it's not. It's, no, it's not. It's horrific for your kidneys. Instant tea. Yeah, instant tea. Instant tea, like, is horrible, horrible for your kidneys. I have never known any other tea than the kind that just comes from, like, it's either open leaf or it comes in a bag and you just steep it in the water. Like, I can't fathom powdered tea. I'm going to say, all of this is gross to me. I hate tea all around. Oh, really? Like, what about a nice honey yeah. lemon ginger tea? You know, you know like... With, no, it's what? it's all just... Like, y'all, are, y'all are making me want to go upstairs and make some matcha. Oh, man. Oh. It's all just like partially flavored water to me. That's all. <laughs> well, I mean, in, 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 in essence, it kind of is. I mean, there's all kinds yeah, of great I, I, teas I out there. It. Like rose hip really tea do. or like a... Or, uh, uh, what's that one? Red Clover? Or, uh, there's, like, Jasmine? Uh, there's Lavender? Uh, there's all kinds of, uh, really tasty herbal hey, teas. look. I'm, I'm old school, Morg. It's, it's Doritos, Mountain Dew, and casting mistles into the darkness. Like, that's... <laughs> <laughs> well, some people that's... have confused me for being a little gay. 
whenever I talk about tea or actually anything <laughs> else really for that I'm very passionate about for that matter. That so was, I'll, I'll talk that about was a food. really weird to say a really weird. That's really weird. Like, yeah. Inflection of how you said gay. Like, yeah. like, you just, like, it was, like, forced out of your mouth. Like, I, <laughs> like <laughs> why? That's really funny. <laughs> uh, I'm actually, actually, actually no, funny. really funny. Oh, sorry, yeah, you go ahead, yeah. No, funny story. I actually, when I was, we're, they were totally off topic, but whatever. Um, we, I, uh, I used to work as a waiter at a Bob Evans, right, uh, when I was in college. And everyone just assumed I was gay because I was a waiter. And I was like, um, no, I'm not. I have a girlfriend. She is ter- currently in Texas right now uh, in the Air Force. But yes, I, I am sure. I am straight. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then three days later, the, the girl who was astonished that I was straight then tried to coerce me with her... Uh, <laughs> coerced oh me God. with her wo- womanly ways in the freezer and then i rejected her because she wanted to work i was she wanted like me to work her shift on her friday or something oh and my she was God. Just, she was like straight up trying to seduce me and i i, I turned her down i was like you could have just asked like i didn't need you to, to try to attack me in the freezer here okay just oh my God. just ask I'm free on Friday. Yes, I will work. I will take the hours. Go. Get away. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, that was yeah. that was an awkward I thought, moment. I thought it was really funny because I remembered, uh, I, I think it was probably because I was making a funny mm, couple of really risque jokes. And then, like, my foreman asked me, he was like, dude, are, are I can't really tell, like, what you <laughs> oh, no. are. Like, are you gay? Mm-hmm. And I'm like... Well, I mean, I've never tried it, but I I can't really tell you. <laughs> Everybody just burst out laughing. I like how, I like how Morg is like, never know till you try. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't pass it until you know, you know? Just give him a really big wink. Just... Oh, my God. <laughs> you can't hate on it until you try to do the pooper, you know? I mean... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God, Morg. I'll never know. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. I We're shouldn't done. have been drinking my We're water done. at that point. <laughs> So, comfort <laughs> games. Oh my god. Um, Morg was three ultimate. Um, Pan, what's your next one? <laughs> hang on. Hang on. I think we, we need a minute to come back to that for just a minute. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably what that guy said, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, trying Whoa. to think here. Um, other sort of games that uh, that I kind of just keep going back to. Um, do 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 games that I play <laughs> often. Okay, uh, games that I keep going back to. Um, funny, funny enough, with that, uh, RimWorld right now. <laughs> uh, okay. They're still, you know, patching it and updating it and putting new stuff in it and. Uh, I haven't played it in probably early in the pandemic. Early in the sort of pandemic quarantine is when I stopped playing it for yeah. a while. Yeah, that's when I was trying it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then uh, I like I ha- so I haven't played it in about six or seven months, and uh, I don't know. I've uh, I'm kind of I've kind of hit a brick wall with Pikmin right now, 
And uh, so I was like, well, mm-hmm. I'm bored and I want to do something. And my computer's been a little lonely since I got Pikmin. And I guess I'll go play some RimWorld while I wait for the pod chat to start. And uh, mm. yeah, RimWorld is a fun little game. There's always like new scenarios that other people have made up that you can kind of download and have fun with. Right now I'm doing yeah. a, right now I'm doing mm-hmm. a caveman and dinosaurs one because I got a mod that added dinosaurs, and I did the caveman nice. start, which means that like you don't get any advanced technology and you start off with like okay. some wood and a couple of dogs and a couple of spears, and that's all you have to oh. go on. It's interesting. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna try that one. I, I've 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 gone to back to RimWorld here and there just to try it because you guys all on the chattering liked it yeah. so much that I was just mm-hmm. like. There's got to be something to it. It got me into a little bit of a foray at some other stuff, like Surviving Mars. I've played that a couple times. <sighs> um, mm-hmm. And then there was the space one. I can't remember the name right now. Space Oxygen, Haven. not uh, enclosed. Space Haven, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, shoot, I forgot um, I have that. You got that for me. I forgot. <laughs> I forgot yeah. I even have that. Um, so I've tried them here and there. But I, I've never really delved into them as much as RimWorld. And even RimWorld, I didn't get too far. So, Well, I'll tell yeah, you I, this. Uh, the caveman start is kind of brutal. Oh, no. I, I definitely want to try to actually do a, you know, normal run to, I feel, good success. Because I told you a long time ago about the one that just everything went to shit. Because yep. something got struck by lightning. Everyone died. It was just, yep. it was all bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, my, my, uh, I only have another, one other comfort game is, um, and this isn't, this is a specific game. I tend to go back and play EVO quite a bit. Um, I play ah. EVO, for, it's been about annually so far. I haven't done it. No, I did it this year. I did it early in the pandemic. Um, always forget those kind of things though. <laughs> it feels like seven years ago sometimes. <clears throat> but uh but yeah yeah i play evo quite a bit um and a lot of times i end up just sort of going for like a crazy build or any of that kind of stuff like a lot of times when people play evo they go for the human build because you, you you can actually make yourself right. into a human yeah game. yeah i never did that until two years ago oh yeah the, he- the human build the is kind of tough do what? The human build is kind of tough, if I recall correctly. Yeah, there's a couple bosses. It yeah, they're really they're, they're tough because you like you gotta a punch them. Advantage on you. Yeah, because you don't get the hits done that the bites do. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know. I it just it's it's a concept that I that I love. I was actually thinking like if I ever you know sat down and tried to make a game again, I think I want to make an evo game just like a spiritual sequel that isn't spore because mm-hmm. i hate that i know <laughs> um but yeah that, still that's, feels bad that's all of my comfort games um so Fif- what uh, 15 years later more? it still feels bad <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah he yeah, has that effect <laughs> oh 12 years my bad i was a little off 12 years later yeah. Oof. Um. So yeah, Mori, do you have more? Is it another Monster Hunter? Oh, oh no, no, no. But I mean, I will, I will, ca- <laughs> I will capitalize on the fact that yeah, three U for the Moga, like the Moga Woods, very, very relaxing. Actually, it's very enjoyable um, play. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but I would say that another one, and this is actually a mobile game that I have on my phone. It's called Brains with three Zs. It's like a <laughs> huge. It. I'm. I'm not even joking. Like it is like the the biggest tier list of like just little games that are good for your brain that you can like find on like in. It, yeah, it, it's you've inconceivable. talked about this before. Yeah, it's inconceivable how many different puzzles that there are in this game. Where it's like a collection of mini games that are all together. And like I was uh, playing Sudoku, there was Tangrams, um, there were uh, there was like this weird gear game where you had to like try and get like all the different cogs in the right places in order to get all the all the gears uh, turning at the. At, at the right time and like only in the proper direction um there were it was just insane like i love that um um that app and that's brains with three z's or z's uh, however you want to pronounce it but i mean like you know anyways and then um um i need to get back into this game um but yeah this one was mm. very relaxing freelancer um yeah, that game was very, very fun. If you like the idea of being a bounty hunter in space where you're going around all the different areas, you like sports cars, well, there's, like, different, um, um, I guess quadrants of, like, this one big galaxy that you're in where each of them is, like, based upon a region. So there's, like, a U.S. region, there's a, or, well, North American region. There's, like, a, a region dedicated to Britain, another one to Japan, another one to Germany. I think there's a Hispanic one. Um, and then there's, like, Outer Edge Worlds, whatever it is. And then for, like... Yeah. Yeah, you guys know about that game. Anyways. Um, mm -hmm. And then the last one is actually Trials of Mana, which I actually started getting into. And it's so fun. It's really, really good. If you guys like the idea of, um, of a live-action RPG where it's kind of, like, themed sort of like Final Fantasy VII, but... Um, in this sense, you get to choose the main character out of and two supporting characters out of a list of like six different uh, characters, and each one of them actually kind of functions kind of in the same way that the D and D role uh, role playing works. So, for example, you have a yeah, rogue, you have I mean, a, a lot of those druid. old yeah Final Fantasy esque adventure games were D and D based for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but this one, it's like everyone has like sort of that specific archetype, and they also have subclasses that they get to when they reach certain levels, or at least certain arcs in the game. So if you play well, as we Duran, like to call them prestige classes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, technically, you know, that it does count towards that. They are like prestige classes, yeah. where yeah, where they go like to a next level version of it. Um, so, like, you can play as, like, Kevin, who is a beast, uh, a beastman who, like, transforms into, like, I don't remember if it's a wolf or not, um, during nighttime, so he becomes more powerful in that sense. Um, Reese is kind of like this weird, I don't know what exactly she is, she kind of looks like the cross between a Valkyrie and a fairy, um, but she does, like, sort of, like, druidic stuff where she can, like, summon beasts, but she can also do, like, support healing. A but... Valkyrie, there you go, I had a, that took me a minute to think of. <laughs> oh, a Valkyrie, I thought I said. Uh, but anyways. Um, a Valkyrie. No. Oh, Valkyrie, yeah. Valkyrie fairy. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I like that. <laughs> I like um, that one. And then there's, there's Charlotte, who um, is basically a cleric. Uh, Hawkeye, who mm -hmm. is a, uh, a rogue. Angela, which is your heavy-hitting spellcaster. I'm not sure if she counts as a sorcerer or a wizard. I'd say probably more closer to a sorcerer, because they they inherit their power or whatever. And then there's Duran, who is... Sorceress. Yeah, sorceress. Yeah. Yeah, she has a sorceress. Respect her. 
or she'll blow your ass up with a fireball. Anyways. Um, and then there's Duran, who is, like, pretty much the quintessential main character, who's a fighter. I'm Pretty starting to sympathize it's... with Morg's old boss right now. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I almost, I almost said something about the pooper again, but, you know. Man, don't you be talking about my pooper, mister. <laughs> nuh <Nuh-uh. laughs> But anyways, yeah. So the idea is that, like, you can pick any one of these six characters to be your main, and then the other two can be your support. And depending upon mm-hmm. which ones that you choose, that will actually impact what kind of dialogue that you have with said characters when they show up yeah. in the storyline. Like, it is quite an expansive game, and it's really, really good, because you can play it however many which ways that you what like. What was the name of this game again? Um, It's called Trials of Mana. You can get it on oh, the Switch. Oh, that game! Yeah, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, my, it's my really sister good. was yeah. super into that like a a while ago, like mm-hmm. a long time ago. That they yeah. because that's a, that's I, a remake game, right? I have it. Yeah, it is. I'm a not. I'm not game. just making this up. Okay, yeah, I thought so. Because it sounds a lot like a game my sister was really into when we were a lo- like a long time ago. Mm-hmm. It um it has three games in it. It has the original Game Boy one, and then it's got Secret of Mana. Yeah. Which is SNES, and then Trials of Man- Trials of Mana, right? Is the name of the third one. Yeah, and the name one... it after the third game. I should tell my sister about uh, this. Make sure she knows about I it. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure she was into yeah, the Game Boy but one. But I do remember it. Yeah, yeah, the Game Boy one's not bad. I remembered playing the uh, Super Nintendo version for uh, this. It was called Seiken Densetsu Three, which I believe is uh, Trials of Mana. It, it was called Secret of Mana Two. Um, but yeah, this, yeah, I like this game quite a lot. It's very, very fun to play. It's kind of, it's pretty relaxing because, um, you, not only can you, um, uh, like assign your three characters, however you like and play as one as your main, but you can also switch control between your different, uh, between your three characters. And while you do that, you can also set the AI for your characters to use items at a certain Just point do of health stuff for yourself. or yeah. yeah or to use special techniques when their gauge reach a certain you know capacity like maximum capacity whatever it is or minimum um it's uh, it's really it's satisfying. fire emblem's auto battle yeah <laughs> basically it is auto but battle. But uh, the awesome fact is, is that you can switch between them also during combat. So if one of them is having a hard time or if you need like a specific ability triggered at a certain time, you can just quickly switch over to that one character and then just trigger their ability and then you can swap back to wherever it is. Like there is some micromanagement in it, but otherwise it's pretty fun and it's very easy to pick up, very easy to play, and it's actually pretty relaxing too. I really enjoyed um, the last couple of days that I've been playing that, and I'm still going to go through it more. I might actually, yeah, yeah, I think I'm probably going to record over that and then start posting that on Twitter, the play-by-plays. Because, mm. yeah, okay. it's really fun. I've so far picked Duran, Charlotte for the heels, and then, um, uh, I don't remember, know how to spell her name, Reese or Rez, or Rez? Um, yeah, anyways, the druid, Reyes, because, yeah. because I like the idea yeah. of summoning minions, having extra help, and then having two really good support healers in the back uh, although charlotte hits really hard too like she's got some powerful attacks for a healer she i'd say she's like a cleric so yeah heavy yeah hitter, i would say heals really well that's one thing i like about dnd is clerics clerics have always been like i can deal the damage too don't just don't just say i can only heal i'm yeah, I'm, I'm here to fight too yeah and, like uh, <laughs> tempest clerics they definitely are not heal bots. They go in there, they'll summon lightning attacks, and then they'll do, like, bonus damage if it's, like, a thunder-based attack. It's like, god 
damn it, why am I playing anything else other than this? Yep. Ugh. All right. Um, I do have, I did forget, I do have one more, but I talk about it all the time, and I say it all the time, but I'll just say, you know, real quick footnote. Classic Doom. I constantly oh, yeah. play it. That is a so, fun game. There you go. Uh, Pan, what's your, um, what's your, I guess we'll, we'll say the, the rest of your comfort games. Um, I honestly, Harvest Moon style games are pretty much always my comfort games. Um, mm-hmm. okay. Like so the they're slice of life. Yeah. They're all like calm and chill and I can just like, you know, sit down and play them and, you know, build like a, a nice little house with my farm and have all my corn in a row and things like that. They pseudo stress me out. That's why I can't get them i i can see that i don't like the timeline and i did it in stardew i don't i don't know what it was in stardew but i can't do it anymore in stardew but there was a one little sweet spot of where i was in life that 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 was the thing and it's gone so well one thing i (laughs) dislike about stardew valley like one big thing i've disliked about it is that the ancient fruit one, it's just so objectively the best thing to grow. Yes. And two, you get it by luck. Like, one time I was playing Stardew Valley, and I just yeah. accidentally dug up an ancient fruit seed on, like, my second day. And I was like, well, this playthrough's oh, not fun wow. anymore. Yeah. I just, like, lucked I out. Got... You get one for like you actually get given one if you complete the museum, I think. Yeah, no, yeah, or eventually somewhere along. Yeah, eventually you get one for like giving enough gifts to the museum. Yes. Or you can just dig one That's up. That's when I got mine. Yeah. No, I never dug one up. <laughs> oh my gosh. I will say that save that uh the girls have now summarily destroyed uh the wife won't even talk to me in the game. She just growls. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> The, uh, that playthrough is the one I did where got to year three, got all the candles lit, and I was like, done, I'm out, I did it. And, you know, I got the full museum and did all the dungeons. Like, I did, I, I don't know what it was, but I just, I got into that one. And I can't do it again. Except for fishing. I love fishing. See, I, I honestly hate the fishing mini game. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like how you're like, no, it's it's. I, I I just no, I just hate it. I it is something I suffer through. Okay. Yeah. No, I, it's it's the biggest thing I like about those kind of games is fishing, and I think Stardew has done it the best out of the few that I played. Oh, uh, yeah. Is like a little no, I don't. Game. I don't. Uh, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. I just wish that there was like some. Yeah, you know, and I can I know I can mod this out in Steam or whatever, but I wish there's like some sort of toggle or thing I could do to just make it like a like an auto thing or like a hey tap A to reel it in or something like that. Cuz I just instead of doing the mini game. I kind of suck at that mini game. I'm not saying it's a bad mini game, oh. I just suck at it and I hate it. Yeah. I gotcha. Yeah, it can get intense especially when you're pulling in one of the legendary fish or like the and fucking the lava eel or the scorpion fit the scorpion carp. Yeah. Mm. Yep. 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 There's some of them, and it's like up, down, up, down, middle, middle, down, down. Yep. <laughs> like, oh my you're like, god! Holy cow! How do I do? I've done it, but like, yeah, yeah. No, it, that gets stressful sometimes, but I, I like it. 
I, that is that is the one thing about those games that I can really get into. It almost makes me want to get, and I've never done it, but like like one of those cheap, just like Cabela's Bass Pro Fishing oh, yeah. on my Switch. I <laughs> probably could get into that if I if I tried. I just like I I have an aversion to like anything Cabela's <laughs> or anything like really? that. It's like real hunting. Oh. Yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, which we may get into with the movies, maybe. <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm a firm oh, believer somebody go, somebody in hunting about to for talk, what you need. Somebody about to talk about Bambi? No, I do not have Bambi on my list. I will spoil that. So yeah, um, so that's that's comfort games, games that we like to go back to, and then uh, mm-hmm. movies. We're gonna talk movies. We don't do this too often on the podcast, and I always say. If I were to add another show, it'd be a show about movies, because oh, I already yeah. have, like, a ton of my time taken up doing podcasts every week. What, I do, like, two two every week, and then I have two other shows that occur, like, every couple of months. So, yep. yeah, I don't, I need another week out of my um, a, a life to talk about movies every week, but no, I'm kidding. Anyways, so movies, uh, I think it's just kind of like just movies we like and would like to talk about is kind of the thing um yeah i don't i i it's not we don't have like a a list of how many like i've got like 15 or so on here that i felt were important enough for me to talk about maybe not 15 maybe it's more so i have two and then i had one that like because i was was actually spitballing ideas for movies to talk about like last night with my husband and i was like he said oh don't talk about that movie that that's so basic everybody loves that movie yeah. So I got uh, two I, movies, and then I got the movie that is everybody loves. Yeah. I mean, I, I, th- I, I even if it's basic, it wouldn't bother me. Okay. Well, we'll 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 see. We'll keep going. Go ahead, Fortran. You got the most movies, probably. Uh, probably. Yeah, I just counted. It's fifteen. Um, Morg, how many? How many you got? Let's... Well, I do have a few. Um, oh. Yeah, there is one. Okay, so I do have, I believe, well... I just you know, asked you how many. <laughs> let me see. Three of them Three of them are joke movies. Well, okay, you know uh-huh. what? Just two of them are joke movies, but three of them in particular, f- f- there's maybe four that are actually good ones, so I'd say six. Okay, all right. So uh, I, I'll lead us off then because this is really what I, uh, got me to this idea <clears throat> recently. And Pan, you and I have talked about this movie off and on for like a year or two. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, I saw that ad and Blood I told Quantum. you to watch it. Yes, Blood Quantum. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got Shudder to keep up with watching horror movies for the horror movie podcast that I listen to. And Blood Quantum was on Shudder. Didn't expect it to be on Shudder, but hey, it's a Shudder original. So I got to watch it. Um, this is released this year, technically, 2020, um, by the director of Jeff Barnaby. Um, Blood Quantum, uh, Morg, uh, Pan, you already know the, the, yeah, the yeah, yeah, but you can tell this, it to Morg but, and the listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, so Morg and the listeners, so you know, Blood Quantum is a zombie movie where everyone in the world supposedly we don't know everything about the universe but there was an outbreak of this zombie virus and the only people who are immune 
are a tribe that resides in the Red Crow Reservation. I don't think we ever hear what their tribe is, just that they are Red Crow. I, and Red Crow, to my knowledge, is not an actual tribe name. This is also set in can, uh, Canada. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so there you go. Canada. My, my second favorite country to be in. The third largest nation in all of North America. It, yeah. I mean, I said it wrong on purpose, but yeah. I know, I know, I'm playing off um, of it. <laughs> um, so it's a little little northern. Um, this movie is really good, guys. Like, I am not, like, again, I, I'm i not a big horror movie buff, even though I got the horror, it's just to keep up with that podcast, honestly. Um, and I'm more so learning to get into horror. And I don't really like zombies that well. I, you know, I, I offended someone on BTS once because I said zombies were the stupidest thing for a monster ever. Uh, like I found them the most boring. And then they were like, I don't know. I don't remember if you remember that pan. But I like, don't remember like, that. Oh, I'm, yeah, they were like, I'm disappointed you didn't talk about their origins being in voodoo. I'm like, I, what? I mean, why would you? No, it's kind of. I didn't even say. <laughs> like it was really weird. They were disappointed with my answer that I didn't like zombies. Uh, I am but, disappointed. <clears throat> I mean, I don't really like a lot of classic movie monsters, vampires, zombies, werewolves. I don't really like a lot of that kind of stuff. I like the weird stuff. So, <clears throat> anyways, this movie is insanely good. Not only is it just a really cool zombie movie, it is not as good as. Um, some other zombie movies that I really like, like, uh, Shaun of the Dead, which is not on this list. I will say that. Um, uh, yeah. <clears throat> you know, I, I tend to like comedies anyways, but this thing, it has such a, it, it touched me in a way because of my Native American heritage that no other movie ever has. And I have never seen some of the things of the mentality that I have ever seen in a movie. Like, Last of the Mohicans, Dances with Wolves, all those really high-budget, like, hey, Native Americans were people too movies suck in comparison mm -hmm. to this. This is, like, real life, like, what I saw growing up at my campgrounds, at the council grounds with my tribe. That's like, awesome. This is the, how the people were. This is, like, and it was, it was hitting so many notes for me on that level that I was just like, I don't... And I wanted to show it to my dad, and my dad he wasn't as big on it as me. Is the uh, were the the people who made it director, producers, or what have you? Uh, were they native or not? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if Jeff Jeff Barnaby is. You can't tell that by name, and I don't really know a lot of the production behind this, so I don't really know. Um, but uh, the actors. Oh yeah, he is certainly look the part. Yeah. Yeah, that's the first thing it the says actors... about him. He's a Micmac. Okay. Oh, he's a Micmac. No, I didn't. I didn't look into a lot of the behind the scenes with this movie yet. Um, cool. Uh, I will say, uh, there's a guy. His name. He's a. I will say this though. Some of the names in this movie of, of the people are the dumbest thing ever. Oh. And it's not like, it's not like. Um, speaks with trees or that kind of stuff. And I'm not making fun of that. That's an actual Native American name that I know. Um, <laughs> it's it. <laughs> it's actually someone's name that I used to know. Um, it was uh, like one guy, one of the characters' name is Lysel. <laughs> as in like the cleaner. Yeah. And then oh my God. one of the main guy's name is Trailer. 
It's Taylor with an R. Oh my god. Oh, trailer. Man. Um, by the way, Trailer's my favorite character. Like, the guy he's sort of like the main character. Um sort of. It's weird. There's like three generations. There's the grandfather, there's the dad, and there's the son. And it kind of follows the dad more so in the beginning and it transitions into the son later on. And the dad is the is the one that like this guy needs to play Turok in a movie. Stat like he he can do it. Oh, that's like, awesome! I I want a Turok movie, and I want him to be the star. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> I, but um, I yeah, this movie like it's actually pretty good as a zombie movie and that kind of stuff. But the biggest thing for me was seeing how the people interacted with each other. Sort of the mentality that a lot of the natives had towards white people, um, and that kind of stuff. Like, even the tagline says uh, they have to hoard off a, a hordes of white zombies, right? It was very us-versus-them mentality, which happens a lot, in, in, in at least in my experience with my tribe, right? Oh, Like, oh, God. the man's bringing me down, that kind of stuff. There's and, it, and, I mean, I am not like that. I do not really hold a lot of anger in towards the white people for that way, because I'm also partially white as well like that would be kind of mm-hmm. weird but i mean i did at one time <laughs> i will say like oh. when i was like really integrated into the tribe yeah there was a time where i straight up didn't like white people excluding my mom because i love my oh mom. hell I, I don't i'm not i'm not the biggest fan of white people but i mean like oh oh if you, if you wanna if you want to find um um tribes that really hate white people go to manitoba Oh my God! There are some places where white people cannot go because if they do, they go missing in the middle of the night. Because yeah, there's a lot of uh, segregation and a lot of uh, prejudice towards either sides. There's been a lot of burnt bridges, yeah. and yeah, it's so, brutal. I'm not saying that every tribe and every person is like that. There's a ton of people who were loving and accepting of you know anyone and everything, mm-hmm. right? Um, you know, my grandmother included, who was part of the tribe for a long time. Like, it's yeah. just, yeah, it's just, you know, depending on the person. But I mean, I did see the mentality, what people were saying, mm-hmm. like that kind of stuff. I was like, man, I have never connected with a movie on this level, you know, about race ever. Yeah. I have yeah. never seen anything like this. And um, there is so many like nuances. To- I don't want to spoil anything. But there's a lot of twists and turns, and there's a lot of foreshadowing. And on the second viewing with my dad, there was a lot of foreshadowing that I saw. I was like, holy cow, that's what that means. It wasn't just, like, this innocuous scene I thought it was before. Um, yeah. I will say, I, I, I shed some tears uh, at one point. Because, mm-hmm. and I said this on Twitter and, and I, I told some other people about it. And I think I think I told the chattering this. There's a part, part where they do a war chant. And a lot of times, a lot of movies, they try to get like this. They do the drums and that kind of thing. And yes, drums are part of it. But a lot of, a lot of movies don't really get the singing right for something like mm-hmm. that. And I have never until this movie heard something that was even close to what the now it is not the songs that i grew up with it's definitely different but Mm -hmm. it is sung like those songs and the timing of when it happened and 
what they were uh, what they were saying with the war chant essentially i was just like oh my gosh i cannot handle this this is just like and i and i cried i was just like this is just insane because it was you know it was touching on such a deep level with me on mm-hmm. both the movie and like my own past it was just like holy cow um and i don't think i, I think will that. ever see a movie like this again like <laughs> i Probably cannot not yeah, because uh, I, yeah, I, I, all I can say is is that when you do find that one movie that really touches deep with your own with your own personal heritage and it it really sparks a flame inside where it's like yes, this is the film that really speaks out to me, like you know this this really you know I don't know if I should say that you know like there's people that are always looking for films that have good cultural representation, but I this, wasn't I yeah. wasn't. But this this is the first time it's happened, and I and I'm astonished. I will say I have had the opposite effect though, mm. where I have felt culturally misrepresented, I don't know, offended. Yeah, yeah. The, um, there are always going to be films that are like, and this. it wasn't actually a movie; it was a play. It's actually a local drama here, actually named after Tecumseh, which is actually in my lineage back. I'm he's like a great uncle ways back yeah and um the tecumseh play is pretty popular in the chillicothe area here and i actually watched it for the first time when i was a teenager mm-hmm. and i was just like that can't be right there no that that's what people think happened like holy cow oh. so it's like a it's it's a thing about appropriation and dramatization um the thing that really stood out to me with that is uh tetsuaka which is the one i am actually descended from his brother was uh was like what they called the shaman which isn't really Mm -hmm. a thing in shawnee um they labeled him as a madman and that kind of stuff and one who basically drove everyone to death and that kind of thing and that's not what happened at all like like (laughs) uh, no (laughs) so i'm like is that really what people think of like my direct like family holy cow and that really it, it took it took a, a long conversation with my dad about that one yeah like uh, oof. yeah so, yeah that's my number one i led on a high note for me so <laughs> yeah um, i think i might actually watch uh blood quantum because i'm actually very interested to see like um i like movies that have a certain um i don't know how do I even like describe this? I like movies that have like good representation, but also have like a certain aspect of artistic, some artistic license, but without deviating too much oh, from. Oh, dude! The, outside of the the cultural representation, this is a zombie movie through and through, and it's a good one. But yeah, like, prepare for some gore. Like there's okay. a chainsaw that goes through someone's head. Like, okay, it's, it's gore. <laughs> I'm excited for this. Okay, I'm I'm actually yeah. excited for this. <laughs> I'm going to check this out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which helps. I like gore. So, <laughs> I like, I've always had, so, uh, anyways, the doom, um, of course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, brutal doom all the way. Um, some morgue pan, um, what a one, you know, whichever one, whichever one of you want to go. Go ahead, Morg. I'm curious. Okay, yep. Yeah. Well, you know, I might as well get the joke ones out of the way. Um, 
Yeah, so I'm just gonna go for a twofer. Okay, the first one is The Room by Tommy Wiseau, and then the other one... <laughs> oh, no! The other one... Oh, okay, The Room. The other one is a Nicolas Cage uh, film, well, at least starring him. It's The Wicker Man. Well, it's... Yeah, The Bees. Oh, not man. Not The Bees! The man with the floor... <laughs> no, not The Bees! Ah! Oh, my God. The part, uh, the part I have been the... lightly interested in watching Wicker Man ever since I heard about it in a podcast. And yeah. <laughs> I've always known about it from, like, The Bees meme and that kind of stuff. But, like, I just want to see the craziness that is this movie. Oh, my God. There's there are so many stupid scenes. They're so bad. I, li- I-, I like the part where <laughs> there's, like, obviously a dude inside of this bag, whatever, that these people are dragging off. And it's the guy's, like, still alive. And it's obviously a human inside there and the guy's like what's in the bag a, a shark or something and then they're all laughing because he's obviously like an, a big idiot he has it's like oh my god you can't honestly tell me that you don't know that that's a human being in there it's like you're a florida policeman oh that explains it he's florida man that's why he's so stupid okay yeah that makes sense actually I just realized yeah. that now. But yeah, and then there's like other yeah. scenes where he's like walked inside like this weird, uh, I don't know what it is, like some sort of like underwater reservoir or a well or whatever it is. And then they locked him inside of it, but he's only in like waist deep water and he's like grabbing onto the bars. He's like, Help! and he's like st- stuck yeah. there under there overnight. And I'm like, what's the worst that's going to happen to him? Is he going to wet his pants because the water is warm? I don't, I don't know, whatever. And then there's like another scene where he like picks up a doll and he's like, how to get burned? How to get burned? How to get burned? And then the woman's like, I don't know. And I'm like, maybe it got burnt because of fire? And then, like, there's... Oh, man. Everything yeah, from that... it's over-dramaticism yeah. really can kill a movie. <laughs> like, everything yeah. everything from, like, the, the, the horrible dialogue in that film to the scene where he dresses up in a bear suit and sucker punches a woman right in the face, like... Oh my god, it's just amazing. The best part in the movie, I bet, uh, like, I can guarantee, was the part where they hold him down, and then they, like, take a sledgehammer, and then they, like, snap his legs right at the kneecaps, and breaks clean like a Kit Kat bar. I'm like, oh my god, this is ridiculous. Like, even me and my brother, like, like... If anybody's ever seen, like, a Quentin Tarantino movie where, like, the gore is just, like, so over the top that it is all clearly fake, and it is, like, humorous... That is how bad it is? Yeah. That is how bad this, like, that scene was where they break his legs. Like, oh my god, it was so ridiculous. Like, we were like, okay, your break, like, your leg wouldn't break clean off at the knee. Like, there's so much connective tissue there, and it's so sturdy. Like, there's no way that your that your leg would just fall off like that. And <laughs> we're like, oh my god, this yeah. is ridiculous. And then they stick the bee cage on his head, he's like, ah! Whatever. Yeah, not the bees. Yeah. yeah. Stick them inside a giant wicker okay. man. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Stupid film. I love it. Almost as bad as The Room. The, the Room, though. Oh, my God. Fantastic uh, film. Oh, no. Just beautiful. <laughs> beautiful <laughs> piece stop. of artistry. Like, the cinematography, There's, the dialogue, yeah. everything. It's just absolute trash to the point where it is an amazing, amazing film. You cannot watch it without cringing and laughing at the same time. It's like well, Faulty Towers, if anybody's ever seen that with John Cleese. Oh my god. Perfect comedy. Mm. Yeah. Okay, boy. That's all I could say, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't want to get too far into The Wicker Man. Well, sorry, into The Room, because anybody who yeah. knows about The Room knows yeah. like, what it's about. Yeah, The Room is has become a meme for a yeah. long time now. <laughs> I'll have yeah. a dozen roses, please. <laughs> it's like, oh, sorry there, Johnny, I didn't see you there. 
That's me. <laughs> That'll be twenty dollars. Okay, <laughs> keep the change. Hello, oh, doggy. Hi, doggy. Okay, bye. And it's like, oh my god, where's? <laughs> 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 all right, all right, Pan. <laughs> so, all right. <laughs> <laughs> We'll give Fortuan a moment to catch his breath. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> He's got uh, the giggles tonight. <laughs> it's just it's funny to It's me just Tommy Wazo man. Too. <laughs> it's the most Morgus thing ever. Oh man. <laughs> okay. So uh the first movie that I wanted to talk about tonight um is it was one of my favorite movies growing up and I have no idea how I was allowed to watch it. Who framed Roger Rabbit? Mm-hmm. Ooh, okay. so, That's a wonderful film. I've, I've, I've re- it took me a long time to watch this again, but yeah, I've, I've, I've seen it. I've referenced uh, years, I've yeah. referenced re- you know a lot of times how like I grew up in a very strict religious household. And my mom didn't allow me to watch anything. Yeah. So I have no idea how, like, the Jessica Rabbit lounge singer scene, like, got past my mom. I don't know. But I that was, know. I had this VHS copy of Roger Rabbit, and uh, my dad and I would watch it, like, all the time together. It was it was just so much fun sitting down, watching Roger Rabbit. And to me, I didn't even get, like, yeah, of course there's a movie with uh, with Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse hanging out together going parachuting. Like, and this was even before, like, we started doing, like, crossover fun stuff in, like, media. Yeah, I don't... It's such a weird one. Also, it's got Mario in it. I didn't know Mario... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Bob Hoskins. Yeah, Bob Hoskins, who played Mario in the Mario Brothers movie. See, to me, that wasn't Mario. That was Eddie, like, uh, God, what's his name? Eddie Valiant. That was Eddie Valiant, not Mario, Mm, to me. So, Eddie Valiant was being Mario. Yeah, yeah, oh, no, I, yeah. I remember when he was Smee in uh, Hook with uh, oh, Robin yeah, Williams. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's also Smee. Um, but yeah, so listeners to uh, who who have never heard this mo- heard of this movie or never seen this movie, like, what the hell are you doing with your lives? But um, who Patty? Cake. Yeah, Who Framed Roger Rabbit <laughs> is. is a movie. Uh, the premise of the movie is that cartoons are actors. Like they and they are like two dimensional yeah. ink and paint actors who can walk around in the real world. So this movie takes place in like the nineteen forties, uh, before World War Two, and it's in Los it's in Los Angeles. And uh, this this famous cartoon star has been uh, framed for a murder, and uh, tunes basically have no rights because uh, they're not people. So uh, yeah, yeah, so mm-hmm. he's going to be like summarily executed uh, by this super racist judge, and so with the yeah, dip, with this uh, dip that's made out of paint thinner. So they're gonna dip him in paint thinner and kill him. The yep. dip. But anyway, so he is he is <laughs> like on the lam hiding from this super racist judge, and uh, he gets uh, he gets this private detective to help him out because uh, unbeknownst to the private detective, this work that he did recently helped help do the frame job for Roger Rabbit, and. He, the, mm. so the detective, he's also kind of racist against tunes, but he, uh, he hates that, like, basically his good name was smeared in getting, uh, in framing this rap, this guy. So he's helping the rap, the cartoon, uh, basically clear his name. And it's, yeah. uh, the villain, the racist judge is played by Christopher Lloyd, and he's just so over the top in some of the scenes. It's amazing. Um, who else is in it that? I don't think there's too many other people that people have in it that people have heard of. 
Um, one um, one yeah, big thing to most, note. Most of the people are cartoons. Yeah, yeah. Most too. of the people in it are cartoons. Oh, yeah. So like Mel Mel Blanc is in it. Yeah. Uh, as like oh, the voice 100%. of everyone that he was ever played. But um, yeah. So like there are scenes with um, there are scenes where like like he's investigating all across like uh LA and he goes to like this segregated community called Toontown to investigate there and he runs into all these like cartoons in Toontown like he literally like falls out of a skyscraper because he didn't read the out of order sign on the elevator and uh there's Mickey oh, yeah, Mickey Mouse yeah. and Bugs Bunny are like parachuting and hanging out I love this yeah so uh, yeah so the studio Paramount, when they, I think it was Paramount that did this movie, like, they, they basically drew up this agreement with uh, Warner Brothers and Disney. Uh, no Disney character and no Warner Brothers character can have more airtime than the other. So, like, they had to completely balance, like, the screen time between, uh, like, Mickey and Bugs Bunny. I mean, that's why everything appears yeah, in yeah, pairs, yeah. right? So, like, yeah. you, get, you get Daffy and Donald in, in a contest together, yeah. you get... I love that. Yeah. That was my favorite yeah. scene in all there. The piano fight. Yeah, yeah. Oh my so there's God. this scene. Yeah. yeah, there's this scene where he like goes to an, this uh this like tunes only speakeasy, and uh, yeah, he goes to this tunes only speakeasy, and Daffy and Donald are both <laughs> performing that night, uh, playing this piano act, and they're just like getting crazier and crazier with each other, like like. Sh- like I think at one point Donald like dives into his piano and this can you slowly see this cannon pointing up out of the piano and it blows a hole in uh, Daffy's yeah. piano. Yeah, it does. Oh my yeah. god, I love the part where Daffy he's like, "This is the last time I work with somebody with a speech impediment." And oh yeah, I'm like oh my god, yes. But if anybody know what this <laughs> duck is saying, this is the last time. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, that was so uh, good. I kind of would need to watch that yeah. again. <laughs> and, like, early last year when all those, like, memes were going around about Avengers being the most <laughs> ambitious uh, movie crossover in history or whatever. Like, you remember those oh, memes? Oh, nah, nah. They yeah, I kept thinking of yeah. Do- I kept thinking of Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Because, like, at the end when, like, you know, everything is resolved and everything, there's just this, like, big, wide screenshot of, like, every golden age of cartoons cartoon character. It's actually a little anachronistic because, like, Bambi shows up, and I don't think he was even invented in the 40s. I don't think he came yeah, around to, no. like, the early 60s no. or something like that. Well, I, I had nope. to look that up. Well, the movie is kind of weird because it was made in the 80s, and there are a lot of very... Oh my god, Bambi came out in 1942. themes to it. Yeah, yeah, there are. Wow. Mm-hmm. I think it's very str- very strong with that. But uh, then again, they had cable cars in it, and I don't know how long cable cars were so, uh, were around for. Uh, so the thing about that, Morg, is uh, the, the whole, like, impetus behind, like, the frame job and trying to... And, uh, like, getting murdering that guy so that way, like, his real est- the real estate that he owned, like, would come up for sale. Uh, there was mm-hmm. some- a similar thing actually happened in L.A. Like, this, uh, mm. cause, yeah, this, oh, like, highway development firm, like, bought out the cable cars and shut them down because they wanted everyone to use their tollways. Oh. Which is, which is, which is the yeah. evil plot in, uh, in, like, at the heart of, like, everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Jeez. yeah, that sucks. 
I'd rather pay. A, hey. I'd rather pay tax than I'd pay a toll because then at least everybody is paying into it. And then you know it goes towards something better than you know what a corporation or company is thinking of doing. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Not to be, not to be political, but yay capitalism. More <laughs> 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 of a socialist, but that's only because I'm on the low end of the paycheck. Well, no, he's, he's trying, no, <laughs> that's why. That's why I said it that way. I was like, <laughs> no, because he's doing this like super evil capitalist thing. Because uh, like corporations owned tollways, yeah. not government. Yeah. But yeah. So um. Yeah. And there's, like, just all these, like, tons of, like, cartoon gags uh, in in the show. It's so much fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. it is. It's a good one. I, 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 yeah. I've never connected with it like like that, but it is a good one. It is a, it is a very yeah, good one. Yeah, I, I watched Fantastic it, like, film. I watched it probably once a week for, like, years as a kid. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um... So, uh, transition to the one that I watched as a kid. Um, speaking of which, my parents did not have those restrictions that Pan did. Because I saw this in the theater with my parents <laughs> uh, in 1997, which means I was nine. Uh, which is Liar Liar. Oh! That movie uh, was so oh. funny. That is like peak that's, Jim yeah, Carrey. Uh, that's a, yeah, that yeah, is Jim Carrey and that's, film, yeah. That is my note that I wanted to talk about this. Jim Carrey has always been one of my favorite actors, comedic or not. And mm-hmm. this is like peak at his comedic height is is this movie. Liar, yeah. liar. Um, I still quote it all I'm the time. I'm kicking my ass. Do um, you mind? Yeah, stuff like <laughs> that. Um, um, uh, I do the oh, come on all the time. I love that. Um, just, That's like, one of my favorites. Where he spits out the water. He's like, oh, come on, come I didn't, on. Like, um, <laughs> I just, like, it's just, it's just one of those movies that I love. Like, Ace Ventura what didn't connect to me as much as Liar Liar did. And I, yeah. I, I, I also saw um, Pet Detective 2 in theaters. So that's another one that was like, holy cow, he just like shot a baby out of that woman. What? You know, so I, I like forced my husband to watch uh, Ace Ventura 1 with me uh, about two months ago. He was, no, it was during the, it was, yeah, it was during like the quarantine and we were just bored oh, at home yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. So we watched it yeah. and he was just so unamused. He's like apparently not amused by Jim Carrey. And I'm like, I, I don't know how to make you laugh, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. Uh, but there's um, a lot that didn't age well. There's a lot that didn't age well with uh, Pet Detective. Well, number one, especially. Yes. Yeah. Number two is a little bit better because it just doesn't hit those lines, but it gets into some oh, yeah, racism yeah. stuff yeah. to to replace it. Um, but I mean, it's still it's still got its moments. It's got the moments with like like a glove that does in both movies, like what, the rhino, yeah. just the ridiculous way he parks. Yeah. Oh my god, the, the rhino! rhino scene. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. That was. Really I will funny. never forget that. Um, but liar, liar is very much an adult movie that I saw as a kid. That like later on, I was like, holy cow. I mean, like, my brother and I were joking around saying I've had better all the time, like, as kids. And, like, yeah. <laughs> like we didn't even we didn't even know what we were talking about. Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, I, remember, I remember, like, um, my brothers and I saw that on cable and I tried to get them to explain it to me and they just wouldn't. Like, that joke. Mm, yeah. No point, you know, you just gotta wait until you're older. Yeah, because it can't. 
And they that, can't that, lie. They'd piss me uh, off. We, they wouldn't explain it. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I always end up uh, every time I get a pen and I start writing and it's blue. I'm like, the guy. <laughs> it's pen blue. blue. The pen is blue. <laughs> 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 like it's just it's just one of those movies that i quote all the time and i just like oh i love it um actually my my dad and my mom actually watched it like two days either last night or the night before uh like they just came in like hey do you still have that dvd of liar liars like yeah let me go get it <laughs> oh man uh so that's that's that one for me i'll, I'll move mm-hmm. on quickly because i got a lot of them um or yeah. do you have another one Okay, yeah, okay, so I'm going to get these ones out of the way, and um, I'm going to put them together because um, they got mask, few I put uh, they've got mask tied together. One of them is Jim Carrey in The Mask. I really enjoyed this movie mm-hmm. as a kid, and it was just so oh, Looney Tune. It had such Looney Tune vibes to it, where it's, yeah, it's It's, it's insane. not dissimilar from, it's, it's. It's playing with some of the same concepts of Roger Rabbit because it is. Yeah. he is a cartoon in a real world, and they're more using it as cartoons don't exist. So how does this thing happen? Right? Oh, what yeah. would you yeah. do yeah. if you were and, a cartoon? Yeah. And I actually didn't realize this until I went and I actually found out that this was actually a comic book series. That this it is significantly gorier than it is in the films. Like in the films, like it's just yeah. a big joke. Like that part where he's like, "Did you miss me?" After they like unload like a crap ton of bullets in like his direction, whatever. Drinks a glass of orange juice. He's got a bunch of holes like pouring out of him, and then he's like, "I yeah. guess not." And whatever. It's just so goofy. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Like oh yeah. Man. And like the way that the bad guy, like even though like he's got like the like the mischievous powers of Loki or whatever, and he gets loaded up with bullets, whatever. His approach to it is goofy but it's also badass at the same time because he gets loaded up with bullets and then he he opens up his mouth and he's got a whole bunch of shells in his mouth and he's like oh, boo, 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 and he fires the bullets yeah. out of his I'm like that is both silly and cool at the same time like oh my god and like going back as like a little yeah. kid or whatever like I, I remembered like um when I was like hanging out with my cousins and my brother or whatever or my sister or whatever um we would do like we would do reenactments of that scene, like the part where the guy, where he like honks the guy's nose and pulls his underwear over his head, and like, oh my god! And I didn't even realize that this was an adult joke until later. The part where he does like the balloon animals and he pulls the condom out of his pocket and he's like, "Oops, sorry, wrong pocket." It's like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I I did not remember that scene. Oh, I, I remember that, and I just realized, oh my god, no. <laughs> and most yeah. most of us as kids, we would just Another think, "Oh, it's just a wet balloon." A kid, yeah. And most of us as a kid would think, "Oh, yeah, it's just a wet balloon." Nobody would want to blow up a wet it's balloon. Just, it's just one of those balloons that make doggies out of the real long ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Nope. It was just a faulty one, you know. And, yeah. Oh my god, it was ridiculous. And then the other movie that um, I think probably had a better impression on me, well, as an adult, was um, Mirror Mask. And this one was a Canadian film about. Mm-hmm. Um, um, a little girl in a uh, francophone Canadian, um, uh, how do I describe it? Circus, uh, a family-owned circus perform, uh, circus uh, group, where um, uh, the mum, um, I don't remember what kind of illness she falls under, but she collapses, and um, yeah, the, uh, she's like uh, in, I presume, a coma or something like that, whatever, and. Um, 
the kid goes into like this episode of escapism, whatever, and then she ends up in like mm-hmm. a totally different world where, um, here, wait, actually, I'm going to bring up in Discord um, some of the cool stuff that uh, you see in it. Like, there's like a bunch of like stop motion animation. There's, um, there's uh, sequences where it has live action stuff as well as um, uh, CGI. Uh, it, everything is very cubism in an essence. Um, but it's also very, um, it's, it's, it's really cool. You know, I'm reading about this and, uh, there's a lot of parallels between that movie and Pan's Labyrinth. It it is very much like that, except, um, it's kind of, mm, how do I describe it? It's very, uh, it's very French Canadian in its approach to a lot of this stuff. And like, there are a lot of aspects to it that... a lot of, like, the characters and, like, the, the environments and stuff like that, it feels very much like I'm actually in, like, a like an, in a Canadian historical museum and stuff like that. Like, there's a lot of, like, abstract art in this and, like, a lot of, um, a lot of themes that I remember, like, seeing, like, even when I went to Alberta College of Art and Design. Um, and, like, this... This film really harkens back to a lot of like um, the explorative aspects of like what what ca- um, what Canadian art could be, um, including um, uh, what what am I thinking of? Like soapstone sculptures. There's like um, a lot of playing around with like metal and um, paper cutout art and stuff like like and a lot of graphic design work as well. Like it's it's very open to a lot of interpretation, a lot of the stuff, a lot of the themes that they have in it. And I like the, I like the scenes where, um, uh, where the main character is like with the Sphinx and if she, if she didn't get the riddle right, then it would obviously eat him. And so he gives like the classic, what walks on, um, four legs in the morning two um, in at noon and then yeah. three in the evening, whatever. And then she says, Oh, Skippy. He's a performing dog. And then he's like, no, no, the answer is man. And then she's like, no, 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 no. He does a performance where, you know, he'll he'll ride around on a skateboard for the, in, the, in the morning. And then he bounces on his two feet in the day, whatever. And then he can hobble around on three in the in the evening. And then there's this Sphinx going, um, oh, uh, okay, and whatever. And then, uh, then she's like, uh, yeah. okay, I've got a riddle for you. What's green hangs on the wall and whistles? And then he was like, Oh, what? He's thinking about it, and then she just walks past him, whatever. And then, uh, like her sidekick guy, whatever it is, uh, the guy with like the really cool mask that you see at the very beginning one, um, he gives a, the the Sphinx a riddle, and he's like, "Okay, fine, I'll give you a riddle. Um, if you got it, you want to share it, but if you share it, you haven't got it." And so the Sphinx is like, "Oh, oh, I don't know. Uh, do you have the answer for me? Uh, you know, what? I'll give up. You know, what? yeah, tell me the answer." And then uh, the and then the guy is like, "It's a secret." And then uh, the Sphinx is like. Okay, but you can yeah, tell me. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, the answer is a secret. And he's like, come on, just tell me. Uh, like, uh, classic who's on first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's yeah. like, no, I don't have time for yeah. this. Yeah, kind of thing. It's so funny. And then, like, oh, man. Um, if you guys like the uh, like the movie Coraline, um, there's actually kind of like this other mother um, in it, too, where she uh, where she's chasing after the main character um, while the real mom is in the coma or whatever. And then there's an alternate version mm-hmm. of her that's trying to escape this sort of mirror mask world into the real world to escape the other mother, whatever. And so they try and she tries to switch places with the with the good one and gets stuck with the bad mom. And oh, man, it, it's a really good film. And like, oh, mm, I couldn't recommend I'll have to a watch this film. one more. I'll have to find it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh man, I couldn't. I couldn't recommend a, a re, like such a fantastic it's, film. It's amazing. I, I I like that pick, Morg. That's that is awesome. Yeah, I, that I is, love it. That is definitely not the room. Thank you. Yeah. Oh man, it is such a good movie. Mirror <laughs> Mask. Definitely check it out if you like something that is very artistic and has a really interesting plot and it takes you down rabbit holes and stuff like that. Oh man, it's a great film. Okay. Um. Pan, what's what's another one? Um, for you? So another one for me is here. Give me just one second here. Another one for me is um, Big Fish. Oh, that's that's actually my next one. Oh, okay, I was gonna we talk, about. talk about it together. Ah. Awesome. <laughs> quick quick note: this is the only Tim Burton film aside from Corpse Bride that I like. Ooh. This is not. It's not a really. I'm it's not, not a, a Tim Burton trademark film, though. Yeah, I know. That's probably why that's you like it. Why I like it. <laughs> yeah, um, it is a Tim Burton film, but it is not a Tim Burton smeared his face all over it. Tim Burton film. Um. So, uh, for those for listeners, uh, because I know nobody nobody watched Big Fish. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love Big Fish. I love it. Um. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was it was pretty. Pretty yeah. sleeper. But yeah. okay, so Big Fish uh is this movie uh where this guy has basically he's estranged from his parents and he uh he has gone home to his like he hasn't been home in like ten years because he lived he moved out of the country. So he and his he and his uh yeah. pregnant wife mm-hmm. like go to visit the guy's parents because his dad is like dying of cancer. And like that's that's the framing device. Mm-hmm. But what the movie is really about is uh the the guy is basically re retelling to his wife all these stories that his dad told him growing up about like things his dad did before he was born you know all the adventures that the guy had and uh yeah and he had some like really crazy adventures pseudo realism yeah Yeah. like uh like when he went to and met some really crazy or like he went to this like spooky town where literally everything is perfect and uh, he was like, you know what, that that mm-hmm. town was pretty great, but I just uh, couldn't, I, you know, I was stifled there, and so I moved on. And he, let's see, he uh, he paratrooped into Korea, and he was smuggled out of Korea by these Siamese, tw- these Korean Siamese twins, as he put it. That's the mm-hmm. joke. And he he joined the circus for a while and met a werewolf and. Oh yeah, not to mention how he like straight up just like punches out this the his wife's fiance and then ends up marrying her instead and then immediately getting that's shipped right off the yeah like yeah that's right yeah so that's yeah, wild like, it is really good one of the things i love there's 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 the uh not the no, no, take no, it over it. from you pan but the story the the joke he tells um the main character's or not the main. I would say Ewan McGregor is the main character. Which yeah, is yeah, him it's when the he's da- yeah, it's the dad but, when he's yeah. younger. Yeah, he's the main character. So the dad is telling, you know, the 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 pregnant wife a like a joke, and he's talking yeah. about the the milkman joke. You remember yes. this one, Pan? And I love that joke because it's just like it's so. He like the it, it to me that joke is sort of like a synopsis of the movie of like how much this guy was just able to pull people into his stories. Like he was able to like tell something in a way or, or even embellish a little bit to make a story more enjoyable 
that made his life sound like such a fantastic adventure. Mm-hmm. It was such a cool concept to me. And I, I watched this in high school and I was just like, I want, I not that I need to have like an, a grand adventurous life, but I love that he thinks of his life as so awesome that way. And the way he's just able to tell a story and keep people enthralled and stuff. It's like straight up like 20 charisma yeah. in D&D books. Like- yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and like outside of, so back in the in the framing device, uh, the, the, you know, the dad is dying and the son, he is, uh, he, you know, he, the, the his wife's like, why, why do you hate your dad so much? Why do you have all these issues with him? He seems like such an awesome guy and he had all these adventures. He's like, yeah, he's had all these alleged adventures, but he's never told me, like, one real thing about what he was like. Like, I've never actually gotten a non-bullshit story yeah. oh, out of wow. it. wow. Yeah, it's, I don't know the truth of the yeah. lies is, is what And, says, uh, yeah. you know, but eventually, like, they, they sort of make peace with each other, the dad and the son, and he, he dies. And at the end of the film, like, the closing, like, right before the credits end of the film, like, all these, like, weirdos yeah. from the stories like are showing up yeah 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 at the yeah, funeral, at the funeral. Yeah. yeah and he meets, he meets yeah everyone. yeah there's this yeah, yeah there's this like giant that like stories. busted him out of somewhere and there's the uh it's not they're not siamese twins obviously because they both like have their arms and legs and everything but but, but yeah yeah there's twins. these identical yeah. like chinese twin ladies they show up mm. and this like super hairy dwarf guy you know, he's he's played by Dane DeVito. He was the werewolf. So mm-hmm. this, like, super hairy dwarf shows up. Yeah. And he's like, oh, my God, is that the dwarf werewolf? And, uh... Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and the big caveat of the film is that he was always the yeah. big fish. I love that. Um, and it's just, like... I, you know, I don't want to say more than that in case, Morg, you haven't seen this, right? Yeah, but, no, I haven't seen it, but I'm probably going to see it because it's, it's definitely more than, you know, a very gothically themed stop motion film, which is typical oh, no, no, of Tim no. Burton. It's, it's got that, it's got a haze to it. It's like when you're in the past, it's got this like, you can tell this isn't like straight up reality. There's this sort of haze and there's this wonderment that uh, Ewan McGregor does very well. Where he's just like, oh yeah, he's like, he's there. You as the audience, you're kind of go, seeing it through Ewan McGregor's eyes, but he takes it in stride and still has a wonderment with everything. Oh. It's so cool. Like it's 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 like no, this is this is normal, but also wow. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Like, uh, I love this movie. Um, yeah, and it was literally the next yeah. one on my list, man. So. Uh, sort of a fun sort of bit with this movie and, um, is that like my, my dad, my granddad had very, had very strained relationship for a long time. I don't really know much of the particulars of it. I think I was like seven when my granddad died. But, um, Mm -hmm. one of the things that's kind of been like, one of the things like I've told you about this before, Fort Twine, is that like my granddad, he's very white. There's no like native in him whatsoever. He apparently spoke Sioux. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh yeah, okay. and like nobody knows where he learned that, and yeah, and he <laughs> just uh, cause like, and we know like where my granddad's family was, and they're like, yeah, he just kind of fucked off for like ten years, and then you know he rolled back, and then oh, he rolled wow. back into Jeez. town and married your grandma, and you know, and your your dad and uncle, cause my dad's my dad's a twin, your dad and uncle were born like six months later, and yeah, there you go. Um, but like for but ladies, my dad. Yeah. 
Like, there's so many weird stories my dad heard about my granddad, like, growing up or just, like, my granddad told him and stuff. And all these weirdos from my granddad's stories showed up for his funeral. Oh, my God. Yes. And, like, you know, it's clearly obviously nothing, like, on the scale of, like, Big Fish. We still also don't know where he learned how to speak Sioux. Yeah, but still... But, and yeah, okay. you know, there's still, like, some thing, like some holes in my granddad's stories and stuff, like, and we really don't know a lot of what he did with his life in between when he, like, left Nebraska and then came back and uh, married my grandma. But, mm-hmm. like, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's very, it's very, like, sort of interesting watching that movie with, like, having that sort of, like, yeah, my, we don't know what my granddad did for ten years and, like, what he was doing, but we've got, like, some weird stories. <laughs> so yeah, that's that, that's that's part of why like Big Fish is like a kind of a fun and interesting movie to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's usually where the best stories come from is the ones that people just do not anticipate to be actually real because they're just so bizarre, and then you find out in the end, oh my god, they were telling the truth. And you're just like, oh wow, should have taken it more seriously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. There's a <laughs> there's a lot to that movie yeah. for me that is just like I ad- I admired the, you know embellishing or lying about your life I, some people you know would see that as bad but I, I admire the ability to be a storyteller yeah like that like and it did it really harm if like he knew they were fantastic yeah right yeah right? but he didn't want to tell them in another way. He was just like then it just spoils the mystery, and it's I, I can understand the perspective of the 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 husband was what we'll call him, uh, or the you know the son being frustrated with his father because he never knew the truth, right? And because I, I see that uh, conversely, Pan, we've talked about my grandfather quite a bit. Oh um, yeah, because it was hard to seep through the lies, and it was the opposite effect, and. He would get caught in lies all the time and stuff. And he was, you know, I don't want to speak ill of him because he's passed and that kind of stuff. But he wasn't mm-hmm. a great person. Like, he, he really wasn't. And, you know, even I experienced that myself when I tried to connect with him and that kind of stuff. And it was just, it's kind of like the opposite fact. It was like you just didn't know when he was telling the truth and you should just assume he was lying all the time. Like, yeah. And... There's like, I mean, there's like an actual article and stuff about my grandfather out there. I won't say. Yeah, it I remember you like linking a, it, and I remember reading it. There's some people who are yeah, very upset about some lies an old guy told a long time ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but yeah, and it's also kind of a lot tied to uh, the blood yeah. quantum stuff because not the movie. Um, right <laughs> not the movie itself but i mean fun fact my grandpa was one of the drummers in yeah Pocahontas, you told me about that so there yeah you go. really i had no idea yep yeah um so yeah like that the, there's a lot to my grandfather that was very positive because of the tribe and that kind of stuff but there was also a lot very negative because of his personal life so right yeah so yeah, so I had the opposite of Pan, apparently. <laughs> That's okay, though. Mm-hmm. Not everyone's perfect. 
Um, okay, um, so I'm going to move on to a, a comedy. Um, and it's the other horror movie on my list. Um, and uh, this this is my num Right now, I, I consider this my number one favorite movie, which is Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Um, have you, no. have you guys seen this? Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Is it, is it kind of like Tom Sawyer almost? No. So what it is, it's with 2010, uh, directed by Eli Craig. It's 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 a spoof on like slasher films, essentially. Oh my right? god! It's with a bunch of hillbillies. Yes. Aye, Except aye. the the hillbillies buy a vacation home to fix up, right? And there's a group of college kids camping out in the same woods, and they oh. keep running into Tucker and Dale. And keep thinking they're like these crazy like redneck serial killers, right? Oh my! And God. there's like a lot of misunderstand, comedic misunderstanding kind of stuff, right? Um, so like, Tucker is um, so I w- I should say that um, I can't remember his name right now. Ah, uh, he plays the he he's like in a lot of things. It's really cool. Yeah. Uh, he plays the chicken in Moana, Alan Tudyk. <laughs> Alan Tudyk is 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 Tucker, and uh, Dale is like I don't remember the actor for Dale, but like he's always trying to push Dale to be better. They're like super good friends, so like Dale, you just gotta ask that girl out if you want to talk to her or something. Like don't just be shy and say, "Well, I'm not really good at talking to girls." So he goes over to talk, and he picks up a scythe for some reason when he goes to walk over to the college kids. Oh my like, god! He's like, er, uh, er, he kind of like freezes up and like he so he sounds like he's like some sort of like stereotypical like redneck that can't talk very well and seems intimidating and stuff to the college kids. Oh my and it's god! Like a whole movie of that under stuff, but it turns into this like straight up like, um, straight up like uh, slasher flick flick eventually. It's just like it's just crazy awesome and crazy funny, um, and it's ridiculous. And it's just, I, I love it. And there's all sorts of jokes and, but, but essentially the, the one the the college kids keep trying to, uh, the girl that he liked, the, 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 the blonde girl that he was like trying to talk to ends up like getting knocked out or something and they save her. And the whole premise of the movie at that point is like, they're trying to tell them like, Hey, we got your friend. Come get her. Right. And they don't hear anything of, of that. They just said, we got your friend. Right. Oh my so God. they took it like the opposite way. Like they kidnapped her and they got to save her. And it's just, Oh, it's so good. Um, it's, it's so good. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and then, like, it, it's, it's definitely like a bromance movie too, which I really enjoy. Cause like how close Tucker and Dale are. Um, I love it. Um, so yeah, anyways, uh, I can't believe you guys haven't seen this. Of course, it was didn't do very well, <laughs> but like I've seen it like uh, when it came out in 2010, I saw it available in one theater. It was in Yellow Springs at yeah. the time, which is like, you know, like that that's like an indie theater already because Yellow Springs is like the hip town in Ohio. Uh, coincidentally, it's the one where Dave Chappelle lives that people talk about sometimes. So yeah, anyways. Um, yeah, so that's Tucker and Dale. Do you guys have another to talk about, or should oh. I just start going through oh. my list? Oh, um, do I ever. I've still got a bunch. I've yeah. got one or two. Um, okay. However, I am noting that this podcast is getting really long. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if yes. maybe we go through one or two more movies and then maybe we continue this subject if there's mm-hmm. interest. Uh, what are you guys thinking? Mm-hmm. Sure. I'm for that. Yeah. yeah, I can leave a note where I left off. That's a good idea. Sure. I think maybe we can carry this over into another uh, podcast. Yeah, because I've also got a few more that I'd, li- I'd like to talk to, but I also like it's a quarter after ten at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I will I will probably just end on okay. one more and actually watch sure. it today. Mm-hmm. So we'll give Morg a shot and we'll give um, Fortuan one more and then we'll call it there. Okay. 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 Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit home strong. Bruce Campbell versus Army of Darkness. Oh, I really want to see this. Yeah, and it's, it's because a fantastic of the horror movie film. podcast. It is so I need good. to see Evil Dead 2 first. Yeah, yeah, you do need to see like all the Evil Dead films. Um honestly, yeah, this if you're looking for a good uh comedy horror, I would definitely recommend Bruce Campbell versus The Army of Darkness. It's probably one of my top favorite films just by virtue of how ridiculous it is. It's um I believe it was uh co-created by Sam Raimi. And I think Bruce Campbell had a hand in a lot of this stuff, but then there was also, uh, what's his name? I think it's Ivan Raimi. I think it is Ivan Raimi. Uh, yeah, it is. Uh, is it? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah. Really fun movie. You got to deal with a whole bunch of, like, bad guys, the Deadites, and they're all linked to, like, this evil book and then Necrom- uh, the Necronomicon, yep. which is kind of like a staple in every. Uh, story about like oh the, the evil from hell is rising up and is going to take over the world and stuff like that and there and of course like yeah. a, this weird unspeakable evil that is like linked to like this this camera zoom that keeps getting into people or whatever and then like infects them with whatever it is that turns them into deadites which are kind of like these weird undead but like still quite conscious like um evil people are whatever it is um, so he goes and chops his hand off with a chainsaw, and so then he's like has like this weird mechanism that allows him to stick the chainsaw onto like his wrist or whatever, and so he's like able to pull the cord or whatever, chopping everything up. And then on the other hand, he's got like a a double barrel shotgun. Um, and yeah, the, the most ridiculous is my boomstick. Yes, and the most ridiculous part is like he works as like um um he works in retail at like S Smart, and. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it's like yeah it, oh man horror spoof this is a genre that i didn't i didn't know i liked until i started listening to this horror podcast that i've been oh man into like a lot of like com- comedic horror that i just missed yeah although i didn't miss tucker and dale i i i saw that as soon as i could yeah like I don't know what it is about the genre. Like just taking horror and not like appreciating horror for what it is, but like taking the genre and then twisting it so then that way you're making fun of it just as much it's as funny, it's like yeah. as much as it's like spooky. Like that makes it just amazing, especially the part where like there's like this obviously well, doing that to any genre works i mean yeah morg you and i quote kung pao all the oh time. my god like, yes uh, like <laughs> <laughs> who has not seen kung pao they, they need to develop some you culture. just reminded they me that kung fu hustle film. exists thank you oh yeah yes. yeah oh man yeah spoilers for next week kung pao was on my list for next week oh so. yes Oh yeah, Big yeah. Trouble in Little China with like uh, Kurt Russell. Oh yeah. Oh man. Yeah. What a great film. Kurt Russell's in a lot of great you know, movies like that. You know yep. uh, I... who Kurt Russell voice acted? Who? Todd in Fox and the Hound. That's Kurt Russell. Really? Yes. 
Yes. Yes, I do know that. Um, oh, wow. I, yeah, I remember learning that a couple years ago and having the same reaction for <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Holy shit. I'm going to have to go back and watch that film again. That was Are you ready to too. cry? But yeah. It's a weird film. Yeah, it's a weird one. Well, not yeah. really, because, I mean, it's not that sad. I mean, like... Are you people oh, human? Oh, man, that scene with, like, the grizzly. The scene with the grizzly the, was they terrifying. They never become friends I again. Know. They never I know. become they're... friends. No, they do. It is so sad, more. They do. No, they're not no, friends. No, no. I mean, no like, they're still no, not they friends. Don't. He just doesn't want to see him die. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, they're not the best of friends, but, I mean, like, you know, yeah, they've, they've got their own lives. They go their what kind of ways, friend is, like, like, goodbye forever? Well, I mean, <laughs> it's not like it's not like he's out to kill yes, he him, is. you know, for the rest of the film. Well, no, no, like, after, yeah, that, after that scene with the bear. He's like, if I ever see you again, you're dead. That's exactly okay, what... Okay, you're right. After the scene with the bear, but, uh, you're right. After the, the scene with the bear, says. he's... The dog, the, the dog the is bear, like, look, let's just yeah, let this go reconcile. because we almost got killed looking for revenge. That's what happens. Because, yeah, there was that yeah. scene where the hunter, like, you know, like, is, you know, he's got him, but he's got him dead to rights. And he was going to shoot him full on in the face. And the dog's like, nah, let him go. This is just not the day to be doing this, you know. Let's just call it even. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, you know what? Yeah, fine, whatever. And so then they go their separate ways, goes to the Ain't wild. Worth the trouble. Everything, everything yeah. goes full circle. It's perfectly balanced, as all things should be, as Thanos would put it. So yeah, talk about talk about a sidetrack on that one. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Bruce Campbell, Army of Darkness, good film. Because I love making fun of horror films, and there's one scene in particular that I like the most, and it's that part where like the blacksmith he's about to reach over to see if like that uh, deadite woman or whatever is like still alive, or whatever. So Bruce Campbell grabs his hand. He's like, "It's a trick." Get an axe. And I'm like, yes, somebody thinks like I do. Where it's like, yes, you're supposed to deal with the body. You don't go, yeah. you know, curious or whatever. Because you know you're going to get jumped. Zombieland. Zombieland. Zombieland did it. What is that double rule? tap number three? Double tap. Double tap. Always double tap. Is, is that number three? I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, I don't know. One's cardio. Limber up, one. cardio, and double tap. Yeah. 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 You always got to make sure. Yeah. Right. You got to be in good shape and you got to double tap. You never, never leave a body un, unattended to. Otherwise, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, away from horror, this is actually a kid's film. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it, my note for this is genuinely amazing kid's movie. Um, I don't, it's on Netflix, and that's how I saw it, and I saw it years ago, and I, the girls and I have watched it yeah. fairly off and on. Uh, ever since they were small mm -hmm. and it it was new on Netflix for, you know, when, when they were just like, Cece was like three, Emery was like one, like mm -hmm. I'm watching this a long time cause they're, they're now six and four and, um, it's, it's immune M U N E. Uh, it was in 2014 and this is where I'm one of the ones I'm sorry, I'm going to get these names wrong, but the directed by Alexandre Hebo, Heboyan. And Benoit. Benoit, you pronounce it Benoit. 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 Like, okay. like Benoit. the like the Arthur okay, joke. Cool. So yeah, sorry, American. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, French is a very interesting language where they have too many vowels and consonants in their words, and it's very flowery. There is an accent that didn't translate. Yeah. 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 
Okay, so sorry. But yeah, Benoit. Um, yeah, this movie is amazing. Um, what it is, it's a fantasy movie. Very kids-oriented. Uh, um, but it's not like a dumb kids movie. Yeah. Like, it's, um, it's not like, I don't know, it's not like watching Daniel Tiger all day. Um, it's like what it is, this world where this little planet had no sun, uh, and no moon. So they have the guardian of the sun and the moon and the guardian of the sun literally throws a harpoon at a sun, like way out in the universe and pulls it in. So that that planet has a sun Mm -hmm. and the guardian of the moon stepped into the world of dreams and carved out the moon and brought it to the world. And so what it is, is these giant creatures that circle the planet and that are driven by the guardians that just like constantly have day and night around, uh, the planet. And it's like an adventure. Uh, it's like an adventure of the new guardians when they switch over jobs and learning how to be the guardians and stuff. And it's really cool. Um, there's a lot of imagination in like the world building in this and that kind of thing. Um, of course, it's a kids movie and that kind of stuff, but like, there's like an actual like decent ish love ish story in it between one of the char- two of the characters. Right. Um, unfortunately, that's kind of I don't know. That happens a lot in movies where the female characters always just end up being a love interest, and <laughs> like that's a little, you know, that's that's a problem in movies all around. But, um. The, the the female character is actually kind of interesting because like they they talk about like pseudo talk about racism because it's like there's the day people and the night people so like the day people are these like rock people that have like grass growing on them and such yeah and the night people are like these like animalistic looking people with like fur and that kind of thing but they all do their part to sort of like make the make the world work so, yeah. like, the day people have, like, jobs and stuff that, like, help the plants grow and stuff. And the night people do, like, stuff so like, to help the plants rest and people rest and things. It's just, it's really cool. And mm-hmm. uh, there's people of dusk and dawn, too. And uh, the, the girl character that I've been talking about is, is, is a mix between dusk and dawn. And they're made of wax. So she can't mm-hmm. go in daylight because she'll melt. But in night, she freezes. So, so she's kind of hosed. It's kind of weird. She has to, she kind of straddles that line of day and night. So she has to stay in the shade. Essentially, she can't be in direct sunlight. Um, and then at night she just freezes. They just go in her house and let freeze, let night pass, and they freeze. And that's how they sleep is they're just frozen. Um, it's just a really cool movie, and uh, I think, um, I think it's it's a it's a safe one for like soul to watch and you might actually not pull your hair out watching it pants. He's really yeah. into <laughs> hop hop the owl lately. <laughs> it's oh, that a sounds shitty terrible. CGI owl that's on YouTube. And he has okay. a friend named Peck Peck the Woodpecker. They are they are the exact same bird, but they're just recolored. So yeah, we might be watching oh, this one. Oh no. Okay, well, it's on Netflix. I hope I hope it works out. Yeah, <laughs> we just hoping. watched it today. We just, yeah, it's not very long too. It it's sounds like interesting. A over an hour. He's like he's actually hour, not yet getting into narrative stuff. Like we just we're, we we kind of just recently got into Dora the Explorer, and that's about as far as he goes okay. for narrative type things. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, 
I don't think the narrative is going to interest him as much as the visuals, um, characters and the mm-hmm. visuals. Yeah, it's got a lot of like glowing lights and stuff. There's a lot of like nightlife that you know, um, bioluminescence. He might actually that like that. Stuff. He likes he likes um, oh yeah flashing lights. <laughs> Most kids do. <laughs> yeah, what kid doesn't? <laughs> um. Oh yeah, there's a character that is a bioluminescent like manta ray thing called Phospho. He's really good. Okay, that's um, awesome. There's a lot of like really famous people that voice things in this. A lot of comedians too, like Jeff Dunham, and uh, um, oh, I can't remember his name right now, but uh, he's been in a lot of movies recently. I don't know. I can't help. But... Yeah, but there's like. Oh, I was gonna say I can't help but feel like this is gonna like fuel the kids' desire for like attending all these sweet rave parties. Ah, uh, Morg, you haven't seen our music room. Yeah. Morg. Glow oh, sticks boy. everywhere. Yeah. Morg, do you guys do dance parties my, too? My husband has yeah. this room where yeah. he keeps all his guitars and his drum set and his keyboard and all his and his very very expensive viola that he inherited from his grandma. And. uh... Anyways, oh, also in that room are a bunch of black lights and a little laser machine and a disco ball and a strobe. This is not fair. So, oh my god. No wonder the kid's married and has a kid. Damn it, he's too cool. Yep. So yeah, he, he hangs out yeah, he hangs room. out in my uh he hangs out in the music room with daddy sometimes and he loves it in there. He actually knows how to like turn all the lights on. Oh man. Okay, that's awesome. Oh, nice. Patton Oswald. That's one of the other voices. That's what I was thinking of. Well, I'm looking at this. I, Damn it, this kid's I'm looking cool at there. the poster. Yeah, we'll, we'll give this movie a try. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow, this is weird. It's got two... Vi- oh, okay, because it was originally in French. So now it's just listing everything twice. That's why. Yeah, Rob Lowe is one of the... <laughs> yeah. A lot of, lot of famous people doing stuff. Anyways, yeah, it's it's a really good one. So that'll be it tonight, folks. A full two-hour episode. And um, we will continue the movie talk uh, at some point. Maybe next week, if nothing too crazy goes on. Um, and then also, uh, Pan, uh, you and I talked about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. We might do a music one, too. Um, and that could tie into video games and other stuff too as well because I have a lot for both video game music and outside of video game music mm-hmm. well that was fun I'm tired mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I understand that mm-hmm. I feel it so good night folks um, this is your host Fortuan you can catch me at 100subpod on Twitter, and um, yeah, um, I've been streaming still, so you can see that on Twitch TV, uh, twitch.tv slash fortune. I would keep wanting to say dot com. <laughs> um, I have finished Ancient Gods Part One. Um, it was terrible. I, I mean, I liked it, but it was also very hard and took me like three and a half hours per level. Yeah. So, that was crazy. Um, going to go back to uh, um, Kingdoms of Amalur and finish that out until I find something else. To, well, I mean, not that I don't want to finish Kingdoms of Amalur, but like, 
I had to play Doom. I just had to. Yeah. So, yeah. And I'll see you guys on the next quest. And the next quest, where are you be, Morg? Hopefully, my internet will renew, and I will actually have time and energy to be able to post stuff on my Twitter, at MorganHate3, and I'll probably be able to watch some streams and support, uh, you know, a lot of the guys that I watch on Twitch, because I enjoy a lot of their work. Um, Yeah, and you guys can always, I guess, find me on Discord, usually just hanging around, you know, chatting people up, and... um, yeah, I'm probably going to be, actually, until the internet comes back, I'm probably going to be playing a lot of uh, Monster Hunter 3U and Trials of Mana. So, yeah, I'm going to be quiet for a little while, until about the 12th. So, yeah, that's going to be me for the next week. And Awesome. Oh, wait, yeah, the podcast, um, yeah, for, uh, what is it, our Pathfinder game. I think my internet will be back by mm-hmm. then. Because that's the 12th, right? The Caloran Killers. That's the 12th, right? Or the 11th? Something like that? Yep. Okay, yeah. Then I'll be good. I, I'd i have to look at the... I don't really know. It's Tuesdays. Yeah. Oh, wait. Um, it's the 7th today. For your information, Morg, mm-hmm. the Hydra is dead. And has been slew. Uh yes. We finally got somebody with some blades to cut the heads off. That's actually pretty damn good. I'm happy. Yeah. Jesse saved you guys. Yay! <laughs> All right, and Pam. Uh, I won't be anywhere because I'm still doing like 10 to 12 hour days at work. Half our department got yep. ronaed, and the other half of the department is scrambling to keep up now. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's rough. Yep. <laughs> well. Yep. Anyways, thank you guys for listening. We'll uh, see you next time. Catch you later. Yes, it does. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.